pull up to your spot on low, shine brighter than all of the cats that got on glow. Laying the cut like they not going no, cause if I gotta make a move, dog, they not going no. This door mark private, this is not faux show. It's most depth what you call real faux show. Is they what you call gangster? Hell no. They get a little pinch and go snitch to the pole. They all talk fast and they all think slow. I'm most definite, not think so. Flood your city with the black ink flow And my crew ain't scared to let them things go So stop with the nonsense like he conscious I'm just a wake dog, I'm doing great dog I don't play games so I don't play a hate y'all Get it straight and get the fuck up out my face dog I'm like the second plane that made the towers face off That shit to let you know it's really not a game dog Your grind and my grind ain't the same dog I'm the catalog Welcome back everybody to the Patreon exclusive Jeff versus the world presents Hood Classics Extra And like all Always, I got my man Shahid here. What's going on, good sir? Boy, feel like I'm back on Chappelle's show. <laughs> well, you know, when you asked me yesterday and I sent that gift, I was like, ah, did I give it away? Well, he also, he should know. Still uh, doing this hipster stuff. <laughs> That's fine. But what's with up, man? What, what what have you been getting into as far as your viewing pleasures? Uh, this past week um what was uh i've been catching up on better call saw i'm almost done season three of that i started watching kenshin ashura is that the name of it yeah watched like the first 15 20 minutes of the first episode um what else not as good as i just got a message my on my work shift, I'm the only male working. So I was working overnight, so I wasn't part of the shift. So they like, yeah, we, we miss you coming back. It's too much female energy. Oh, oh I know how that can be. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I heard that from a couple people. Um, Beyond that, watching, watching this long-ass movie, oh, and Last Dance and Money in the Bank, which was distracting because watching Last Dance was fine. Until the money the bank match started, and then I right. kept getting distracted by the match because the match was so damn enjoyable. I had fun. I I understand the um, hoopla, but you know, it's insane, and I should know it now. This wrestling community is fucked, and I can just see myself distancing myself from it more and more because I'm like, all right, somebody different one. Y'all complained about oh, well, we know AJ going in, and guess what we got from last night, tonight, to from now complaining. So I just give yeah. up. Because you, I mean, you look at that six. It's funny. You got three Hall of Famers and Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, and AJ Styles. You got Baron Corbin who's been getting pushed for like the past year and a half. You got Alistair Black who's been getting pushed lately. Mm-hmm. And then Owen. Like out of those six names, it's like one of those names don't fit. Oh yeah. And the joke with him was like, you know, he can't even climb the climb the ladder. People was making jokes. I'm like. They haven't had somebody that heavy climbing a ladder. True. I mean, like the biggest person they had in like ladder matches like that was like Kane. Well, you like, know, and Otis probably weighs more than Kane does. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So, I get that. So I get that part. I mean, I get the whole joke with the ladder thing. I was just enjoying the match. I'm like, you know, it's just gonna be some diehard nonsense. And that's yeah. exactly what it was, and. Having the matches at the same time, having the men and women interact just was just was just fun. Like I'm watching, like I'm 
this is fun. Like this is goofy ass, silly ass fun. And, and I, I think that's the way they were going with it this year because of the circumstances. So Otis winning is kind of kind of spot on. Like you know what, all this bad shit stuff wouldn't have been happening if you know we were in the wreck. You know, it was normal. WWE viewing, but it's you know this is what we got right now. Oscar winning was right on spot on, and I think yeah. Otis winning was spot on. Oscar's the MVP of this uh, pandemic WWE run. Yeah, because she's <laughs> enjoying like she's getting to be herself, and she was just laughing her ass off, taking that jumping off the balcony, getting the <laughs> elevator. Just she like she's just having a great time. I was laughing. At, at, I don't know what stuff I was laughing at more than men's stuff or the women's stuff because. The men, you know, the one with um, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan coming to Vince's office and like, oops, me at the principal's office and seeing Vince in like jeans and a blazer. I'm like, yeah, Vince chilling. Just like he had Texas oil bearing. Like, <laughs> it's the pandemic, pandemic shows. Like, He's relaxed. I have never seen Vince in like jeans. It was, it was a, it was different because it threw me off. And once you text me, I was like. He really just had on jeans too. Like I saw it, but I didn't really appreciate it till you had texted and sent the text. I was like, "Yeah, he he had on jeans and he was chilling." Seeing that, you see the food fight. You see Baron Corbin basically murdering Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black. He threw them jokers off the roof. <sighs> that man got warrants. Um, <laughs> well, they, they showed it was like it was a section underneath. I'm like, of course, like he didn't really throw them off the damn roof. But the so, view, the first viewing of it was like. Wait a minute, they gone. And I, I think they should like afterwards. Oh, they fell like through this second little story or whatever. And, so, and Cesaro making a joke saying they should have like soccer has VR replay. It's like if they would have had that replay, AJ Styles would have won. <laughs> you will. <laughs> yeah, I had fun with it last night. It was what it was. And the, the best thing about it, we got a short show. They didn't sit there and yeah, lag all night. Yeah. Ooh, I want more of that. Why Shannon had to choke, choke out Ray like that? <laughs> uh, nothing beats Cam tweet. That tweet that Cam put up was the best thing I saw from that. Everybody else was just like riding off of it, but that shit was funny. I have learned that men that enjoy wrestling seem to have a fetish for wanting strong women to beat them up because <laughs> between Shayna Baszler and Nigel, I'm like, I wish I had laid me out like Lay out Carmella. I'm like, yeah, all right. She said to yourself. <laughs> and I'm the two quick things about the women. That's one, seeing how many people that realize that Carmella is very attractive. Kind of, you know, um, you shouldn't be surprised by that. Even though that outfit, like wrestling that outfit, took some impressive talent. Impressive. And her doing her doing a moonwalk right to a punch. The women's rights to tab. She took the work like she got punched in the face. She got power bombs to a table and she had a rough night. And Dana Brooks doing the whole Super Mario thing. Oh, I got this briefcase that's somehow in this room with money. And Stephanie's like, you know it's on the roof, right? So I made a joke saying, Sorry, Mario, your princess is another castle. Yeah, Dana took a crush on a dummy. How do you feel about that? Dana, Dana took an L last night, but she had fun doing it. Like everybody had fun in that whole, you know, setup, which I figured they would because it's just like, oh, let's just let loose and have fun with this shit. Um, 
Well, I've gotten to that. As far as the documentary last night, I think they did another. Like, they're knocking it out of the park as far as this uh, Jordan documentary, Bulls documentary, The Last Ride, and how they are set up the timeline. Because at first, you know, it's kind of kind of jarring. But then once you get a, used to how they're doing the timeline, I was like, okay, so everything's going to meet up on the last couple of episodes. You know, you'll be right. to The timelines are kind of meet up with each other. Um, I, Like I said, we just mourned. I just finished watching Sonic the Hedgehog. And that movie is it had no business being that good with all the backlash with all the shit that was going on with it. And then have to, you know, redo the whole Sonic <clears throat> as far as whatever they created at first. I don't know what that was, but it was just a fun movie. I mean, it was fun. Here's the thing. Go ahead. It's one case of peer pressure, bullying people into making a better movie. It worked. Yeah, absolutely. Worked. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how I think maybe the movie was the same. I don't know, but it just seemed like everybody involved had fun and they were having fun on screen, especially Jim Carrey. You know, when it comes to a you know, character, he's going to go all in. He went all in with this. And I, it was just a fun movie. And I hope they, I'm sure they're going to do a second one and I can't wait for it. I mean, they were talking they talk about some old, oh, we didn't plan on making a sequel. I'm like, y'all dumb. They should. <laughs> y'all didn't like, y'all made money and, People enjoyed it. Yeah. I wish I would have went to the movies to go see it. Yeah, I was going to go to the movies there to see it, but my wife was like, she ain't really a thug. I was going to go see it by myself, and I don't think she wanted to see it. And then I, I heard all the reviews was good, so I'll probably check it out on, like, um, on demand like later this week. So, yeah, certain movie theaters are opening back up, and they... And they're gonna probably be showing it. I'm not going to movie theaters anytime soon. Me either. Like I make a joke. Like if I'm going by ninja rules, I can't rock a mask. I ain't going. I'm um. And I mean a mask. I mean a mask at all times. Like I'm not going anywhere. If I got to take off my mask to do stuff. So that means no haircut, no facials, no damn restaurant. I don't need to go to the gym anyway. Um, def and definitely no movie theater. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um. I'm just, I'm hoping that what they'll do is with, with the majority of the movies, they'll still have the, okay, we know some of y'all are not going out of the house, so pay $20. Because I'll gladly pay, whatever, I'll pay $20. I ain't no big deal to watch a movie if I want to watch it. So hopefully they keep that going. I don't know if they will or won't. I've heard that, uh, I heard that the uh, New Mutants was actually on Amazon Prime for like a half a day, and then they took it down for some reason. So I don't know what's going on with that. I'm like, this movie, y'all uh, been working on this thing for like six years. <laughs> like, what Feels like it. This is, they started making this movie before Fox was even purchased. Like, years ago. Yeah, at this point, just bring like, it oh, out. We're going to still bring it on this date. I'm like, for oh, what? Yeah, I think people will be willing to pay the $20. Even though people are talking shit about it, and I was including myself, I will pay the $20 to watch it. Because I want to see, I want to see, you know, I want to see what it's going to be. I want to be able to talk about it and actually see the movie. So they'll make money off. They would have put on Disney Plus and keep it moving. <laughs> I so, mean, that'd be the best and, thing. And speaking of related news, um, oh, I saw um, Extraction, and that's getting a sequel. So it was in. The, did you enjoy like it? Netflix's highest, you know, highest watched movie, but soon to be. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, for what it was. Like, it was just a simple action movie. That was just like... And you know the funny thing was? It was kind of like we're used to seeing these 
action movies, but not having it was like John Wick with a big budget. Mm, okay, yeah, because the budget was like sixty. The budget was like sixty-five million dollars. That's a lot for an action movie that's not like Mission Impossible, Fast and Furious style action, like a old, like a old-fashioned R-rated action movie. Sixty-five million dollars is a lot of money, especially for something that's not gonna be the movie theater. Yeah, I guess they they are doing it uh, big over there at Netflix. And the last thing I like to talk about is I got to thank you, Cam, and everybody else. They talked about uh, the Shield. I was trying to catch up on Better Call, so oh, I was trying to catch up. And then I said, well, I just watch an episode one or two, and now I'm just sucked in. I'm in uh, season three, uh, and I'm just enjoying the story of Vic. Vic, what's his name? Vic Mackey. Yeah, he is a. <laughs> I still don't. I know he's a bad cop, and he is not a saint. But then he has these moments where it's like, well, you want to like him, but you're not supposed to like him at all. He's an asshole, mm-hmm. and yeah. So now we got Tavon with the group, so we'll see how this go. Here's the thing: you will not have the Walter White and John Drapers and all these other assholes you've been cheering it. Like Vic Mackey was doing that way before we did anything about a Walter White, and he was real good at it too. Like you know, I think I shouldn't do for you know. He's gonna do some good stuff here and there, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. Then you watch enough like yeah, for him is bad news. But the funny thing about that show is it ain't a whole lot of people you can kind of root for. That's like you feel good about it. Everybody seems like you know, it's like maybe it's like it's it's really like one. CCH counted. Yeah. She's really kind of the only one. Yeah. Because you can tell she she got, she has a code and she's just like, nah, I ain't with all this fuck shit that's going on. But in, in the beginning, she was just like, I don't ask. Because yeah. even Dutch is a little bit of an asshole, even though he's got a code too. Yeah. He got a little too much freak, freak factor going on. But yeah, her. Oh. Everybody else kind of do their own agenda. Some were way worse than others. Kind of like, I just laugh when people say how much they love Walter Goggins, and I'm like, you know, the pictures like y'all just y'all didn't remember him, so he's on the righteous gemstone. I remember him from the shield, like one of those type things. Like, yeah, I remember him when this show was like, ugh, he's just awesome playing a monster. Yeah, and it's weird because he has a show now, like some sitcom. He's like a good guy. It's weird when he plays a good guy on CBS because it's like I'm just used to him. You know, yeah, so yeah. I'm just so used to him and like everything I've seen, at least being, he's not a outright bad guy. He's like a creepy, like a creepy neutral guy. I think I first remember seeing him on um, A Thousand Corpses. And ever since then, that's when I started like following him more. Now, I didn't get a chance to see The Shield when it was playing, but everything like his movies and stuff like that and everything that came after, I was kind of like, and so I, was, I just always thought he was a good actor. And the more and more I saw him, I just started, you know, becoming a fan of his work more and more. Um, but like you said, he plays a bad guy really good. <laughs> Almost too and good. Michael, and, and, yeah, whenever I see him and Michael Shannon, I'm like, yeah. I know what I'm getting into. And the last thing about the Shield is it's weird watching it with Michael J. Snell. It's I, I I understand you know this is a role he played and whatever whatever, but just knowing like what he did and everything afterwards is just like ugh. That's what has sympathy. I just look at him just <laughs> disgust every time I see him, no matter what. Oh well, but y'all, 
Yeah, it's, it's a lot of that. It's just funny, like, you know, white watching the movie, like, Michael Chiklis was like some fat dude before he was on the shield. Like, he was the, the commish. And then he does the shield. And then he does Fantastic Four. Like, it's weird. See, like, it's funny where Michael Chiklis is almost kind of like Brian Cranston, where you saw Brian Cranston and Malcolm in the middle. It is damn eye-opening to see him walk away. Like, huh? Like, how this, you know, like, actors act. Yeah, they definitely do. And some of them are... They they just find that one role and just you know they go from there. Um, and the last thing I'll say about uh the shield is Dutch, and you brought him up. I like how in certain episodes, especially when uh, somebody can get to him, because they show you like he'll break down. And I'm just like, yo, that's kind of wild. Like that somebody can break him. Like I think it was an episode where. Basically, this dude thought he was smarter than Dutch, and basically they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But Dutch would never show that, you know, the guy broke him until the end when he broke the case, and, you know, when he's sitting in the car just sitting there crying, it's just like, yeah, he did break me, but, you know, nobody you know, nobody saw that but him. He did it by himself, and the episode just ended with him crying. I was just like, wow, that was a really good scene. But I really like his character. What, what season are you on? I'm on season three, I think, like, episode three or four. So you haven't gotten to the part where Dutch start having a crush on a knee girl. No. Okay. No. You, you'll know what I'm talking about when, when you see it. So. Yeah. I'm trying to think of this like season four. Well, he has a girlfriend uh, now. Season three. Well, actually, they didn't yeah, even say no, anything about her. Yeah, they didn't say anything about and her. Is Glenn, is, is Glenn Close on on the season you're watching? No. Then she's on next season. Then yeah. No. Oh, because it's it, that's right. It picks up because like the funny thing about the shield, it's kind of like they start getting this whole we gonna get this super active for a season because they have Glenn Close followed by Forrest Whitaker followed, followed by Anthony Anderson, and that's why I make the Anthony Anderson joke because we did a whole month of watching Andy, Anthony Anderson coon it up. Think about that when he pops up in the shield. You're going to be like, how is that the same person? Because it does not seem like the same person at all. You got some time, so I think he comes up. I think you got like two two more seasons. Yeah, I'm going through them. So uh, that took a week to get to season three, so I should be done by next week or maybe a, give me a week and a half and I should be done with it. Um, but, yeah, we know why y'all came. Uh, we are about to get into The Godfather Part 2. Um... Yeah, this is my favorite one out the three. <laughs> and you're going, I, you're going back and forth on your mic. I hold on. I say on now. Sounds a lot better now. What were you doing before? Nothing. I just moved it away from me. So oh, don't be doing this new stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have the wick. I don't have the wiki up of uh, Godfather 2, but if you got it up, tell the people how much money it made. I had it up. Yeah. It was budgeted at $13 million. The box office was between 48 to $88 million. A funny thing about those movies back in the day is kind of like, it's sketchy about box office. Like a lot of times, it's like estimates. You have no idea. Um, 200 minutes, which is 
three hours and 20 minutes. Which is around like, this movie is 20 minutes longer than The Godfather was. Just think about that. The Godfather was not a short movie. I know. That's what they used to do back in the 70s. Like, you know, oh, we can have an intermission of movie. Y'all don't got nothing to do. <laughs> I got so listen. Yeah, like Oof. I'm glad we moved, I'm glad we moved past that. Like that used to be normal. Like yeah, we do two and a half, three hours, no big deal. To the like now, that's um, people was wondering about uh, like Infinity War and Endgame. Like is that too long? Because that's kind of like pushing it. And King Kong was like the last big movie to have an intermission. Because that's a long ass movie too, and that felt long. This doesn't feel. This doesn't. The funny thing is with this movie is like it's long. It, it doesn't, doesn't feel drag. Yeah, it don't drag. But, but it ain't a, it's not a but it's not a quick three but it's not a quick movie either. It's just like it it's the length it needs to be. I think it doesn't drag because you get that you get that backstory of Vito. And once you get involved in that, then they'll bounce back to present day Michael. So it's kinda like you following two stories, which I think and uh, this is me, Robert De Niro's the MVP of this one. For me. Just playing a younger Vito and you just seeing him, you know, his come up and how how he, you know, came to rise, I thought was really good. Even though, you know, subtitles. You know why Robert De Niro is the MVP for this? Because you're going to like him and not feel bad about it. Because it's kind of like, you're not going to say, like, you're not going to like um, Michael Corleone. Not like the first one. This one's like, yeah. People who say, like, I, I follow the pathway of Michael Corleone, I'm like, Maybe you talking about Godfather One and you on your future tip because Godfather Two, he's a mop. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Like, he is a he's a straight up cold hearted monster in the way his dad never was. Which is which is interesting because I'm I'm trying to figure out was it some type of anger or was some type of feeling of. I don't really know what I'm, what I'm doing or I'm trying to live up to my dad to a certain degree. Cause he, did, it seemed like he did everything the opposite of his dad. No, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was a man of the time of the times he was around. Like he was super effective in what he was doing. It doesn't, you know, like y'all make the joke about Thanos, like with Jordan, like, no, it applies to Michael Quillen. He knew exactly what he needed to do. And he was willing to do it at the expense of everything. It's like that. That's how it is. Like I, I tell people all the time, certain fields, if you want to be super su- successful, it takes a lack of humanity. Like you can't be great and a good person. They do not go hand in hand in certain fields. They just do not. And I'm always weird. Those people like, yeah, rise and grind Twitter, do it all cost Twitter. I'm like, that sounds real good until you do it. Because trust me, you wouldn't be friends with somebody that really has that mindset, and people wouldn't want to be friends with you if you had that mindset. And this movie kind of reinforced that because it's like, yeah, Michael Corleone, very successful. Does he does he seem happy when this movie ends? No, he he, he seems with the, what they showed you in the end. Michael Corleone was alone. He they showed him alone at the end of the movie when they told everybody he's going to the Marines. And he sat there by himself when everybody left, and you know he was just alone. And in some cases, he made it that way. He he put himself in that situation to be alone. He was never happy. It just you know, he was never happy because of the he got success. That Coleon name, he wanted the name to be 
big and I guess you know bigger than what his dad could ever dream of. But it was just like, I mean, what expense did you do? For his dad wanted, it's just like you know he wanted something better for his son, and instead he was better in a different way. He was a better gangster, a more successful gangster. But I don't know if that makes him a better person because yeah, it's an expense to your family. But to be perfectly honest, that's not all. Oh, that's not his fault. I mean, keep in mind, it's the elephant in the room is like the Fredo stuff. And it had enough, that really didn't have anything to do with Michael. No. No, it didn't. But the actions that he took well, afterwards. I mean, that, that, that had plenty to do with Michael. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, you know, actions have consequences. And the consequences have their own consequences. But no, it's this is where you see how excellent actor Michael um, Al Pacino is because this is just masterclass acting. Mm hmm. He is just working on a different level. And it's just funny where you see a young in his prime Al Pacino and you see Robert De Niro just doing his thing. It's kind of like, yeah, these men were like monsters back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like, while why people have respect for him, like, you know, even now when they make bad movies, because you saw what they did with the 70s and 80s. And this is like one of the first movies you see Robert De Niro in. And it's kind of like, yeah, you want an Oscar for this. That's the foreign actor. Yeah, the near- a lot of, it's a lot of talent. It's a it's a lot of talent in this one, but it's like talent missing, which kind of changed the story. Like the biggest one is the actor that played Clemenza. He's like, look, I want more. I want some loot. I want to be able to write my. I want to, be able to you know write my lines. They're like, no. And then it's like weight stuff and everything like that. So he drops out, which changes like the scope of the movie, the script of the movie, and like all of a sudden, oh. Frank Pentangeli, Frankie Five Angels, like, oh, he's this big deal. Who? You never heard of him? <laughs> he come in like the second outfit. Like, where where like get out outfits come from? Oh man, when he popped up, I was just like, oh my God, this is old man Twitter. This is an exact example of old man Twitter. Back in my day, that's all you heard. <laughs> what we used to do. Get out of here, man. Uh, but the actor was really good at playing him, though. Definitely. And this it's not the first time that happened to Godfather. It's not as bad as what happened to Godfather 3 when they want to pay Robert Duvall his money and they get him out to paint and change the whole story for the, for the worst. So, yeah. The real funny thing before we go into the movie is like, we're jumping around, it's the end. Like, it's like that last scene always stick with me. Like, at the dinner table. And you see Sonny all happy, looking all young. Mm-hmm. You see when he introduced Carlo to his sister. And it's just jarring seeing, like, you know, seeing Carlo before you know anything about him. He seemed all nice and cool. Seeing Sonny and seeing how that's the first time you see the brothers interact. Because you watch Godfather 1, you never really see Fredo interact with Sonny. Yeah. You see Fredo interact with Michael. You see... Sonny interact with Michael, and you know, and then the rest of the people doing their whole thing, and it's kind of like you never really see them together. So seeing them together, seeing Fredo seem to be happy and joking around with Sonny in a way that you wouldn't think anybody joke with Sonny like that was just kind of like weird. Yeah, you know, I thought that Khan too. got paid a whole lot of money for one scene, so kudos to getting that bag. He ain't no dummy. And you know another thing too, I think that the, I think 
that was when they was probably, you know, that was probably the last time they were all together like that happy. Once Michael went to the military, everything changed, you know, as far as their interaction and brothers and the family business moving up and all that stuff. So everything changed after that. So it was just kind of like, yeah, okay. It was almost like showing you Michael was always that, you know what I'm saying? Like I said before, he was always that outsider. Once he went to the military, he put himself, he's distanced himself away from the family, but he's always saying, this is for my family. This is for my kids. But look at the damage you've done. Me and your father made great, yeah, great plans for you. We talked about your future all the time. Uh, talked yeah. about my future with my father. <laughs> like Mike, <laughs> like, word. <laughs> you sound like you on bad boy. You made plans. You talked about plans for me. My own, like, word. How about that? That's not real cute. So, but um, let's get into this long ass movie because this movie is long. I'm mad at you. You had to see this back to back. But like I say, shout out to Carlos for the dollar. <laughs> One dollar. Go ahead. So it starts off beginning, and we mean way in the beginning when young Vito Corleone was born, and actually his name was Vito Andolini, 1901. Mm. Mm-hmm. Father got father had a beef. With the local mafia, Don, Don Cheech, dies. Movie starting with a funeral. Everybody's in all black. You know, Mama Andalini looks the way she looks, even in mourning. God bless her. And this is a sad time. They're, you know, they're at a funeral. And, uh, you know, the other son gets shot. He left the mountains like, I'm going to get my revenge. <laughs> he didn't get his revenge. But a bullet. They were like, fuck your funeral. Come on, that's just cold blooded. Buy, buy, buy one, get one free. <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine that? Yo, so a family member is shot at your at a funeral at your funeral. It's like, oh, well, you got one, you got one coffin. Put them both in that coffin. <laughs> Throw them in one coffin. <sighs> so, so yeah. So anyway. The mom goes to Don Cheech, you know, begs for his son, like somebody, you know, kill, kill my husband because he insulted me. He killed my son because he wanted revenge. But my younger son, he's nine. He's a dullard. He's dim-witted and doesn't talk, you know, spare him. It's like, you know, I'm not worried about his word. He's going to grow up and get revenge. He's going to get, you know, I remember like, no, I swear he won't. He's just weak and he's like that. Don Cheech's like, no. What you say he was doing? So Playing the law game? <laughs> Uh, teacher's like, nah, I'm playing alone. Pull the knife out, like, run, Vito, run. She already knows she's a dead woman anyway. She's just trying to save her son. You know, they pull the knife away, and she get blasted with a shotgun. She was one of them shotguns from Desperado. She fly like nine feet. <laughs> yeah. That, that, whatever they had her home, jerked her ass back quick. Woo! And what I'm laughing at is, Vito sees this, he runs, he doesn't have that much of a head start. He escapes them. Vito got moves. He ain't too dumb. Did they trip? Did they have fault? Like, what did you hide? Yeah, because Vito, Vito was not taking off at top speed. So either he was just hiding in good places or, or something because they should have caught him. I mean, he had like a, maybe a 15-yard head start. He ain't like he's Deion Sanders. And it goes from him running away to, y'all never not be hiding this kid. Find him gonna get him whoever's hiding so he ran away and hid some family you know safeguards him out 
smuggle them out to America. And this seems always weird. You see all these immigrants, you know, on this boat. You see the Statue of Liberty. It's like, I'm ready to start my future. And I always feel like this funny, not in a positive feeling when I see that. Like, it's, it's different when you see people coming here willingly, you know, coming here. And it's like certain people they glorify and other people they demonize. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this one's like, you know, going against your American dream and all this. And I'm like, yeah. Whatever. Some of us came. Anyway, some of us came here. here on chains too, but that's another story for another uh, day. Like some, some people, yeah, some people was kind of like you didn't get to pick that trick. So <clears throat> the expedient works a bit differently if your skin was brown, and let's just leave it at that. So anyway, he's there, and it must have been something like this little boy all alone gets there, asking his name. He's like, "Oh, Vito Andalini from Corleone," and what this old fat white guy do? You know, Corleone. It's like just butchering his name. The disrespect. Sometimes his ethnic names get butchered because somebody's too arrogant to like listen. Countless. Yeah. <laughs> I, Countless. If that could have been me, I could have been Shahid Philly. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> believe that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so anyway, so that's that's that. He's there, three month quarantine for smallpox. He's just looking out a window by himself, no nothing. So we fast forward, 1958. Son's having his you know communion, and there's some bad, there's some stuff going on at this communion. Like I don't know what you complain about Godfather One. Like oh, everybody bugging Vito Corleone at his wedding, at his daughter's wedding for stuff. They bugging Mike too, but Mike ain't having it. Like we gotta wait in line. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, y'all gonna wait for me. Connie complaining some about you know, Mama, why gotta wait in line? It's like I need to see Mike. He's like, you can wait in line like everybody else. And I hear from Connie voice. Like Connie went from you know being this old young naive hysterical young wife to this. Uh, Ginger from Casino. Third husband. On a third husband. Uh, like, there wasn't that much. So, between Carlo dying, it was like, okay, when that happened, it was like the early 50s. Like 51, 52, something oh. like that. So, that happened. She ain't waiting. So, she got married, divorced again. Mm. Now, she dating some jackass named Merle. <laughs> We ain't got nothing going for himself. Michael said, I don't even know his business. What does he do? What does this dude do? Yeah, come on, we're going to work on a cruise. What you asking me for? Like, I don't need to tell you business. I'm going to get permission uh, to you. What you asking me for? Because I need money. I, I got that. I got that sale, hey, Mike. Your divorce isn't dry yet, and you're getting married. You see your children on weekends? You know, your oldest boy, Victor, was picked up in Reno for some petty theft you don't even know about? Michael! You fly around the world with men who don't care for you and use you like a whore? You're not my father! And what do you come to me for? Oh, I need money. Ooh. <laughs> All he is is a baker. You a chicken, you a chicken head, you a chicken head activity. <laughs> oh, He's hurt. It's all weekend. Both of them are. Son, God. Rested, so, slide around, 
You get flued out. You she oh she oh she's a uh, <laughs> Cuddy is a uh, what they call a uh, influencer. What they call them on Instagram? They call it girls. Influencer. Yeah. <laughs> influencer, aka thought. Michael basically calls that's the, all that thought stuff we be cracking jokes about. Kids on like she's doing bird shit. Uh. Connie is lashing out. She is definitely lashing out, and neither one of them are right in this situation. But they both doing some wrong shit. Hold up. How Michael ain't right? No, I'm saying both of them are wrong. I mean, he's wrong, but he know why he wrong. You know what he did. The cycle of this happening is because of what he did to her, you know, for the first husband. But time out. Okay. Mike got plenty of sins, but Mike ain't wrong with, like, you know, Connie gets to be mad at Mike. But Mike wasn't wrong dealing with Carlos. No, he he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong in that sense. I know what you're saying. He wasn't wrong in what he did because he had to take him out to paint. But it was still her, you know what I'm saying? It was still her husband. It was still her husband no matter what. And he had kids. And I, 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 yeah, I just, her woman and husband. Yeah, I, I know, like, it's like, oh, yeah. My my husband that treated me like trash and basically plotted to have my brother killed. Boo hoo! You took him from me. Like I I get that, but I'm like, come on. He had to take him out to paint. He had to take him out to paint. But her lashing out this long, this it should have stopped by now. She on her third third husband, probably still begging for money. I don't know how long she been begging for money, and it's just like, ugh, stop it, stop it, and go see your kids. Like he said, go go be a mom. Bro, just sitting there all quiet. Somebody need money. I'm like, <laughs> he ain't got no money. What is his business? What is like? Yeah, what does he do? What does he do? What did he say in the book? Was he in the was he in the character in the book? No, the the book basically talks about all the stuff that Vito does growing up. It's like the best way to describe the book is all of. Robert De Niro scenes mm-hmm. plus everything to the end of the first Godfather. Gotcha. Like, and the funny thing is that you bring that up. I watched, you know, I watched Godfather 1 and then watched Godfather 2. And then I remember for a long time because people used to complain about the whole flashback. Like it was distracting and confusing. So for a while, they had to play. So all the Vito stuff happened with, with um, Robert De Niro. And then they show the Godfather, and then they show the Godfather two without the flashbacks. Like that's how it used to come on TV. Hmm. I don't ever remember that of that way. Yeah, I I saw it that way, and it's kind of like it. It helped if you hadn't seen it before. Then the movie's like okay, it makes sense because it's like it's in chronological order. But if you've seen it the old way, the new way distracting. It's kind of like it's not necessary, but I back then it's kind of like you know it explained about the movie. When the movie came out, critics were kind of divided. They was like, I don't know about this. It down is kind of like you know greatest sequel of all time, one of the greatest movies of all time, and its argument this one's better than part one. It just depends on your ass. When it first came out, like Godfather one had a claim on Jump Street. Godfather two people had to like. Oh yeah, I knew it, I knew what was going on. It was one of those whole we had to see what was, we had to eat it after it was cooking instead of tasting it when it was just done. Yeah, that happens. 
So anyway, Connie's going to deal with her stuff and uh, the senator. <laughs> Let's talk about this asshole. Oh, Gary. he came in on his bullshit. Let me tell you something, Michael Corleone. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like you people coming in. You're all greasy with your olive oil charm and your silk suit, pretending to be decent, righteous Americans. I like I'll do business with you, but I don't like your kind and this hypocrisy. Like you know, so I'm gonna charge your ass. It was a two hundred and fifty. Really? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars for something that cost twenty grand. And basically told him, I'll do business with you because it's like money, money, but fuck y'all. And, and, I don't like you as a human being. And Michael, or your race. Michael was not with the shits. My offer is this nothing. Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I would appreciate if you would put up personally. And my homie tried to laugh that shit off. <laughs> he tried to laugh it off. All right. And it's kind of like, you should have asked around. You don't know how this turned out. But it's kind of like, just the arrogance in Mike's face is like, you know, we were part of saying hypocrisy. Don't take that plot of my friend. Like, you know, you better watch your goddamn mouth. He talking shit in that man's house. Season. And his son Chameleon. Can you imagine somebody coming in your house? Nah. <laughs> Michael, you know what? He he was lucky Michael ain't put a bullet in his head right then and there. No, you and your, you know, I take your money, but you and your people ain't shit, right? Oh, boy. Oh, basically calling a bunch of greaseballs. Pretty that's much. pretending to be American. And I'm like, oh, the, the nerve. Oh, when it comes to race, like both both those movies go some they don't shy away from racism. Oh no, and they don't. Speaking of not shying away from racism, your man Frankie Frank Contangi. <laughs> I'm going to get the door. He out here half drunk. Talking about yeah, I'm I'm taking off a mental thing. You know, Earth was meant to die from a heart attack. They're like, nah, that was a heart attack. Basically, kind of like insinuating that Clemenza got poisoned. Right. That's why he's not around. And so the whole beef is, you know, Clemenza made a promise to some people, the Rosado brothers, that when he died, they'd get some land. And Frank Contenti was like, nah, I ain't give it to him. Fuck all that. I'm old fashioned. You all this new stuff. Whatever the old days. It's like, you know, we just did this and just bust heads. I like you in business with you know, I like my I bad boys wrong. pistons. I like them. I like Bill and Beer. <laughs> uh, you know he deal with he deal with dicks. He deals with niggers. I'm like, you mad at Hyman Raw? Cause he believe in diversity with crime. They say he's trying to get the money everywhere. Uh and Mike was just kind of like, you know, look, it goes a certain way. You made a word, you made your word. You got to stick to it. It's like, you know, like talking about Hyman Roth, like, you know, my father worked with Hyman Roth. He's like, yes, your father worked for Hyman Roth. Your father made money with Hyman Roth, but he never trusted Hyman Roth. 
that Jew in Miami. The way he said she was like, man, if you're not Sicilian, people are going to hate on you. So sorry for Tom Hake. It's, it, it's interesting what people say in their own races when they're against their own, you know, community. It's, it's really interesting. This was an eye opener. I know, especially when I first saw it. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of like it's how they thought back then, probably how they thought in the seventies too. It's just weird, like you hear that stuff because it's kind of like you would still hear that now, like oh yeah, drama. So it's not that whole snowflake. Oh, well, they that movie can't come on. Like, yes, it would. Yes, it could, and it would be acting like that because it was back then. So it's just funny just hearing it now because it's so damn blatant. It's not like you can get past this stuff. Was like, no, he, he didn't get past it. <sighs> so, anyway, Mike, go. and then Kay is like, yeah, Mike, remember five years ago? <laughs> five years, Corleone family's gonna be look, legitimate. Look, can I say, seven years ago. Can I get a, a public service announcement to all, to all the men listening to this right now? The best thing you do, if you're gonna make a promise, especially to your wife, Keep that promise. Please do. Because they don't forget. And they they will remember. They may not say nothing. They, they may say something like Kay said something. She said something, what, two years later. But just keep the promise. Okay, you can carry on. Yeah, well, I mean, he's like, he's working on it. He's trying. Well, it's kind of like, you know, that's some cracks right there. Everything all, ain't all sweet. It's like, you know, I'm, Kay's like, I'm not a dummy. I kind of know what man I work with you know, married to a certain extent. I'm thinking like, you know, so we'd be done with this, but it's part-time. Mm-hmm. It ain't part-time. Like, she ain't tossed from power. Yeah. She's ready for this shit to be over with. And... Like, she more... I don't blame her. I mean, especially with the kids and that, like, yeah, just time for... Come on, wrap this shit up. Uh, yeah. No shit or wrap shit up. Fredo. Fredo there with his wife. Oh, drunk. You know, don't marry a wop. They all beat their wives. Oh, boy. This uh, relationship is, I don't even, I think it's one-sided toxic. Because Fredo is just Fredo, so we know how that go. Nah, Fredo, no, Fredo is like, you keep embarrassing about the belt you right here. Don't make me hit you. Yeah, but he also said. I don't know if it's one. I don't know how one side it is. You you also said too, uh, Mike. I can't control her. You know, he was like, "Don't worry about you, my brother. You don't have to apologize to me." It's not apologize. Yeah, it's just you know how humility it is. Like Michael, like you know, Fredo. Mike said, "If you don't handle this, he will." Give over your wife. Another man had to get. Dragging your another man, your brother instead of his men. Drag your wife away. It's like, let's be honest. Don't marry a wife. You gotta treat your wife like trash. Ah. Poor Fredo. Get off me. I can't dance. Shahid would tell you I bully Fredo, but right now I feel bad for Fredo. Because that gotta be a terrible feeling. I'll never know that shit, but shit. Because he know it, like, as a man. <laughs> <laughs> as I a like fuck. put this plan, like, yeah, it must be bad for Fredo. I'll never be like that. <laughs> it be bad. Could be me, though. <laughs> Like he's 
because that got to be as a man, I got to be humiliating because you got to first you apologize to your brother. Like, nah, I can't I can't keep my wife straight. Like she will. It's, oh, yeah. So that's got to be terrible for Fredo. Poor Fredo. Boo hoo hoo. That shit gonna change. <laughs> I can tell you don't really mean that. <laughs> I do. No, I, I do until he do that, you know, he do that silly shit, but we gonna get there. Mm-hmm. So Mike's home, enjoying the kids, things like that. His wife is like, oh, Mike, why the blinds open? And all of a sudden, Mike like, yeah, why the block? Oh, shit. Duck. That boy moved quick. Right up his crib. I mean, keep in mind, he wasn't a military. He was a Marine. And you know, I, I forgot that. I honestly just forgot it till you said that. So his reaction time and his those senses as far as he was in, what, World War II. So it's like, oh, no, nah, I don't lose them reactions. I know something up. And that's kind of like a funny thing you tend to forget about. It's like, yeah, they know. Like, and it's funny because everybody's talking about, you know, Mike's a war hero and Mike, he did stuff and things like that. But it's kind of like a war hero gangster seems like a weird thing. Yeah. Because most movies aren't like that. It's kind of like, you know, the way they talk about, like, you know, you're fighting for a bunch of strangers. That's some sucker shit. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like, you know, Neil Brent. Like, you've had military people that become criminals, but they don't become, like, bank robbers. You know, like, Dennis Bees or something like that. Yeah, Not I got whole, you. It was like, you know, Brown was, like, in the Air Force before he opened up the Carter. Right. So, anyway, shoot up the crib, takes K, trying to find out what happened. He's like, you know, gotta get him alive. Like, we're gonna try Rocco! Alive! <laughs> Turns lights on. They got the dogs out. Um, Fredo wife all worried. And then it's the whole thing. Talk to Tom. Because it's kind of like, you know, you're the only man I can trust. So you're going to take over. And it's this funny thing where they, their relationship was always weird. So the first one, you could tell the relationships always seemed to be like Sonny and Tom was tight. And Mike was kind of like, nah, Tom, you ain't, you ain't. You ain't got it. You ain't got the capabilities for this. Just go on to the corner, like kind of like short, short and top. And this one's kind of like, you know, your family, you're my brother. You're the only person I can trust. And Tom was like, I always wanted to feel like a real brother to you and everything. So you can tell like it was some lingering stuff going on. Yeah. And you, he's you, like, you know, you go gloss over what else Michael said. You know, Fredo, he's my brother, but he's weak. He's weak, he's weak and he's stupid. <laughs> he's weak and he's War, stupid. Basically. Jesus, that's your brother. I guess he was talking to his other brother, so I guess it really didn't matter. They both knew, so. Everybody in the family, though. I mean, it's kind of like, it's like family talking to family, and it's like. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. You saw saw what happened at dinner. Yeah, and plus I saw soul food, so yeah, I know what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, he put Tom in charge to watch over his family. Like, yeah, you could die right now. You gotta protect my wife and kids. Rocco, Al, everybody's underneath you. You handle this. So, was there more in the book with that? As far as that go, was there more in the book about that? Oh, none of this is in the book. Okay, okay, yeah, you did say it. You said that. Book is is Godfather one and two. Yeah, you just said that. My bad. Yeah, they have written other books involving stuff with this. And stuff after Godfather 2 
don't know if they really count because like Mario Puzo didn't write it. He was already dead. It was somebody kind of like it was this was this new thing I've noticed lately. It's kind of like these new authors taking stories from previous authors that passed away and continue the story to rare success. Some have been more successful than others. Like, you know, they did it with Tom Clancy, they did it with Mario Puzo, and they did it with um you know that movie American Assassin? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Vince Flynn used to be a writer. It's like all these books was just like this, you know, assassin type dude. He died, they got some new guy writing a book and those books are taking a nose dive. <laughs> so it's just funny when you hear people go on Amazon like, I didn't realize this dude died till recently. I was like, yeah, where we got where this new guy is, he trashed. Uh, that must be a thing. Somebody be leaving Amazon reviews like whoever you got to replace this the man who was done before, get him out the paint. <laughs> uh, so anyway, nineteen seventeen, flat you know, going flashback. Vito's you know, Vito's grown. But at this at this point he's married, you know, Santino's been born and he had a play with his you know, with his um woman Jango, Avondado. His future, you know, um future advisor. The advisor that you know that was consigliere before Tom Hagen. That's who that is. Yeah. So they had to play it's like it's just a thing. It's just a weeknight. Everybody all dressed up on the play. It's like, you know, movies weren't a, movies weren't a thing like that yet. That's how people had fun. Hmm. That's just oh, that's just you I, I I guess you know if you was in the times it was normal, but I couldn't even imagine. I mean, yeah, and the funny thing is I've been to plays, but it was like it was seen like special. Like I've gone to like musicals and stuff like that. They're fun. But there was like something I was doing a daily basis that was like, you know, special yeah. occasion type of thing. So That's like, what I'm saying. Like, you know, I've been to plays and stuff like that, but I've also come home afterwards and said, Oh, let me find something entertaining to watch. You go home, you just home. If you got I guess if you got a radio, I don't know. Yeah, you got a radio. I mean, it's just a weird thing where it's kind of like life was different back then. Yeah. It's funny where, you know, I'm a, I'm a born 79, so I remember where it's like, yeah, we had TV and radio and VCR and movies and stuff. It was kind of like, we went out. They're like, I'll see you later. It's not like, you know, you know where I'm at. It's like, I'm out and about. <laughs> so it was like, you know, people were like, like stop by, oh, how you pick up my phone? I'm out. What phone? Rich people had rich that portable phone. Like, you know, he was out. He was out. Like, I'm going to a movie. I'll be back in three hours. So you didn't expect to hear from him in three hours. And I lived through that era and I've lived through the cell phone era. It's just weird. Like, explain to young people, like, yeah, you know, when you went somewhere, you just went somewhere. And you didn't know what was going on until you got home. So, imagine he was out and, like, you know, some star died. You might hear about it when you go home when it's on TV, or you may hear about it the next day. Now, you hear about 15 seconds. It don't take long. Quick. It don't take long. So, anyway, they there. It's funny you get Vito Corleone's mindset. It's kind of like, you know, oh, this woman's beautiful. It's like, oh, you think she's beautiful? She's beautiful to me. It's just my, my, my wife and son. Vito ain't about no funny business. He's focused. He's a, fa- he a family man. Yeah, 
that that yeah, if that was the one thing you knew, you knew that he was just like, huh? You like her? Cool. She ain't for me. Got my queen. So some dude stand up like, hey, put your ass down. <laughs> and it's the wrong person. They turn around, it's Don Felicia. And you see like, oh, party got me. I see Felicia's like, watch your fucking mouth. But we find out Don Felicia's up. He's kind of like a phony gangster. Like he's tough, but he ain't as tough as the people make him out to be. Like Vito pick up on that real quick because they go there. You know, he's waiting to see see the girl backstage and meet you there with a the knife, like, where my money at? I ain't got it. I'm trying to get my money. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get something. Pull a knife on the daughter. Yeah, Vito, like, let's like, go. Oh, take, take all my money and take a little bit. It's like, if he really had weight, he wouldn't have to do all that shit. Could you see Vito having to do that, pull a knife out? No, because Vito was a real one. I'm almost sure he could say things without having to say too much. Just like he said, he told the dude, they don't ask around about me. So he didn't have to do anything like boasting about, I'll do this, or I'll do that, or threaten anybody. People just knew what he was about. He was about his business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, who that old Dolphinucci part of Black Hand, you know, he got he getting on people, he said people ain't paying quick enough, so he charges double. <laughs> you ain't waiting. <laughs> you think Al Capone had to deal with that? <laughs> oh, I got y'all late. Y'all late on my payment. I've been I've been getting y'all leniency. <laughs> Ain't no real gangs like all the movies we watching. How many gangsters had leniency like that? We saw Superfly with Priest like that. Priest was like, "You had my <laughs> tonight. <laughs> tonight, tonight. <laughs> Woman's gonna be on horse road. Not this whole." I've been waiting all this time. I'm going to give you, I'm ready to double. Like, no. You just stop messing around. So we can mess around. We all saw. So anyway, his punk ass has his nephew work at this, um, at Jenko's dad's shop. Like, oh, you know, you're going to hook up. Give him a job, right? So if he got a job, I mean, Vito can't have a job. How cool was Vito about this? I ain't never seen a man lose his job cooler than this before. Man said, it's all right. Don't worry about it. You good. That's all right. I'm going to remember. You looked out for me. What's going on? I know the reason why. You always took care of me when I got here. You always treated me like a son. I appreciate it. And and most important line, I won't forget it. Like, all of this is establishing, like, why Vito Corleone is the way he is in Godfather 1. It's like, yeah, he was always this way. Cool, calculated, you know, never forgot his friends. Never forgot his enemies, like, you know. And it was like, yeah. Because he didn't know, look, like, the dad comes to you. He can't say no. He mm-hmm. under, like, he understands that. Yeah. He accepts it. He's like, I'll handle it later. Nope. And then even when the dad tried to give him some food, he's like, no, nah, I'm all right. I'm cool. I don't need them charity. It's all right. Like, I'm going to earn stuff my way. Like, everything about him is like, you know, I'm Mrs. This is the type of man, back in the day, men that old school men think they are. Yeah. They just they just pretend that they were so they could shame us. Cause I don't know too many people who would have turned down all that. He gave him a box of food. At least for what? A good what month? Maybe a, a couple of weeks. Couple weeks. He like, nah. And yeah. keep in mind, he just had a baby son. He married. He ain't got no job. 
I didn't. He, yeah, he he started working pretty quick again. He knew what he had to do. Oh yeah. So why happened? Because speaking of scammers, oh pudgy ass young ass <laughs> comments like, "Hey, Paisan, take these guns, hide them. I come come back for them later." Oh my god! He just gave him a rug full of dirty guns. Seize the guns, wrap them back up. Knock on the door, like, oh, do you look in the bag? And he's like, I don't, I don't worry about stuff that don't concern me. Like, it ain't none of my business. Pretty much. Like, Vito, this so Vito, just cool. It's like, oh, you did me a favor. Let me help. Let me hook you up. And then he realized he's a scammer. Like, oh, my friend got, a, you know, I got my friend got a rug. You sell us. I'm gonna pick it up. It's like, oh, got money for a rug. He's like, no, no problem. Just get. So he go in there. Oh, my friend must not be home. Open up the door. Uh, you get out my. I put a key in quotation. It's like, oh, he robbed me, but he's still a damn rug to give him as a gift. The, the B and E game. Scammer <laughs> this. A B and E. They said, "I'm gonna get you something. Look it out." There's some barbershop shit. There's some. You know who? You know who scam like this? Crackhead. <laughs> I got the hookup on the TV. We just got to pick it up for my man. Oh, my man ain't home. Let me just open up. Oh, knock down the door. Oops, the door open. <laughs> You're like, he's still my TV. So he about to steal the rug. The cop show up. So man's about to plug him. He's going to shoot a cop over a rug. Blow his head clean off. That's why when you hear Godfather 1, he's talking about, oh, at the end when Tessio betrays him. It's like, oh, I thought it was going to be Clemenza. What Mike say? Now nah, it's a smart play. Tessio was always smarter. Now you now you see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. I didn't even think about that. This man was just right. He was running shoot directly. He was wilding out. So back to the present. Mike's in, you know, Miami, Hyman Ross place. And <sighs> Talk about a man that hides his money. Oh this, my. this little old house, his wife there making a raggedy ass tuna sandwich. <laughs> he watching football, oh. chilling. Uh, you know, I like football, American football. You know, I love it. I love baseball too. No, I I love baseball ever since on a Rothstein rigged the nineteen nineteen World Series. But you, you know what? I love it though because that's that's how I always want to be. I don't need a big house. I even I tell my wife that all the time. I say, you know what? Big houses just cause too much confusion. It's always nice to have a nice size house or something. You know what I'm saying? This you both can live in and it Man. feels like a home. Like sometimes people, you know, consider a house. What I'm talking about? I'm talking about you don't need like. Like a Vander Holyfield, I got a mansion here, then I got a mansion across. The, I got another mansion across. The, like you don't need to be that excessive. Like you just need a home. Here's the, here's the thing. A home means something different based on your finance, right? I can't. I can't really be all your your home because I'm like, I don't have a mansion. No. I, I don't have a. Small home either. Like no, I that's got, no, no, no. What I've seen your 
your house is fine. I've never been in your house, but I've seen the out. That's fine. That's like a home that, I, you know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is when people, as far as like the drug game and when they start making money, they become too excessive. But that's the point. That's what the money's for to spend it. Not when you, I'm talking about when you're in a life of crime. They, I, it, it's, it's respectable crime. They can hide their money. We ain't talking about, like, you know, snow patrol. I'm <laughs> rocking an old white man. He can hide his money. And he's doing well out of his money. So if he had a big-ass house in Miami, it was like, oh, he's just like, everybody else got a big-ass house in Miami. He just ain't that tight because he's more like, you know, he's modeled after Meyer Lansky. I'm like, I'm high in plain sight. I'm just an old man that eat tuna fish. Right. No one knows how powerful. No, the only people who know how powerful I am are the people who need to know. Everybody else is like they can mind their business. And, and Thomas is like chilling with his raggy ass pajamas and a shirt and shirt. <laughs> like he's just like he's like an old. He's like I'm just a regular old man. Yeah, I got you. The whole thing. So that's calculated for him. Because you see, Mike, Mike ain't living no anybody. Oh home. no, Mike is. <sighs> You ain't. He got a fortress. You got a damn near army protecting your house. But I understand when the situation, you know, of who he is and what situation he's in, he feels like he's always gonna be a target. Always. He ain't hiding. You know, he's more like I'm. I'm out here, but I ain't out here, and I gotta protect everybody and my family. When you old, it I think it was just him and his wife. I guess. I guess that was his wife. Was that his caretaker? I never understood. I never really was quite sure what she was to him. Yeah. So anyway, so they're talking about what happens. Like, oh, or she ran in some trouble, Mike. Like, yeah, you know, Frank potentially came to me, wanted to do some business. I refused. You know, like you know, he made it for my life. You know, he was stupid. I was lucky. I'll meet him soon. Playing this whole thing, like he he playing, but he telling Rob like he playing Pantange, like you know I'm just coming here to make sure we keep business because like you know we got business going on in Cuba, and I just want to make sure that's going on or anything like that, and I don't want no problems, and no issues. He's like yeah, you know you're a wise man, like your father, and you never let business get in the way. That's good. That's cool. We can make a lot of money together. You know, kind of like so. Hyman Roth used to do business with Vito Corleone back in the day. Now they doing business like Mike. And Mike is here, like, oh, you know, this happened to me. I want you to think, you know, it's messed up business. That's how you show how smart Mike is. Because where Mike go next? He goes to Frank Fantasy. You hear you mean with that Jew, Rob? You tell me to lay down, blah, blah, blah. Why you tell me I was, you could have told me you was coming. I didn't want you to know. Like, Mike just popped up. Yeah, he pulled up. And you know, he was shook, too. My man had to get his hair straight, suit straight. Let me get my line again. Why are you tell me Mike was there? I ain't told nobody. And then he tells Frank the real thing. He was lying to Roth. He knows Roth was trying to kill him. He was trying to knock him off the paint. You don't know the reason why. You don't know yet the time, but his whole thing is like, you know, for whatever, whatever reason going on that you find out later, Roth's trying to get Mike off the paint. Mike lies to Roth like, you know, I think Frank was trying to do it. To kind of like throw Ralph off the tent so Ralph doesn't suspect what's going on. And it's like, you know, I just, so he's just letting Frank know, like, I know you didn't do it. It was Hyman Ralph. He was right about Ralph. But, you know, I just want you to be cool, make a deal. 
I don't want Ross to, you know, suspect like, you know, my dad taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies closer. His dad was so, a smart man. Would have worked, except for when, you know, Pantangeli meets up with the Rosado brothers. They try to murder him, and they say, you know, white people, they don't send his regards. Boy, did they fumble that up. <laughs> All the way. This is one of the raggedest. One thing about this movie, it's a raggedy-ass assassination attempt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bunch of them. It's like, man, I guess find a good hitman. It was hard to find back in the day. You couldn't find your bed from Scarface. <laughs> Blow that back like out. At least two, it was a couple. It was multiple ones. It's just like, this old man, it's like three of y'all. And y'all don't even lock the door. The cop shows up. Oh, why the lights all off? What's going on? Oh, I'm just cleaning up. Oh, don't shoot. So they run away. They only shoot the cop. They try to run past the cop. They have the shootout. Cheech gets shot and ran over. And it's like this shootout in the middle of the day. Just all a mess. Frankie doesn't die. But now Frankie thinks Mike tried to kill him. So now he got beef. Um, at this point, I think Michael played it great. I thought he did. He played both of them, you know, the way he wanted to. And he thought he had them both in the hand. But the assassination tips were just, like you said, they were just, what is this? What's happening right now? This is the thing. They said, like, Mike didn't try to assassinate Pentangeli. Roth tried that. And they tried to have, try to blame him. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I just think. Okay, one thing I noticed about this movie and from part one is these assassinations can be quicker. Some of them, they like like uh, the one with the piano wire and man, just slit a throat. Let's get it over. What are we doing? And yeah. all this stuff. And it's kind of like, it's, you got to hide certain things. And, you know, it's like you do what you, you, do what you train to do. What yeah, the, I guess. What the, it's like, you know, Bill Walton wasn't shooting threes because like, big men shoot threes. <laughs> They have ninjas, like the mom they have ninjas. True. I just say the Yakuza and nothing like that. Like so it's like, you know, I'm getting the dudes that can do it. Some thugs, you know, he used to lift meat, so he's strong. <laughs> <laughs> so he choked him out with some piano wire. <laughs> like that's that was his training. Like, you know, I like the training was kind of like practice. You know, I trained through repetition, not like I'm skilled. Yeah, like I got a lot of reps in being real clumsy. So anyway, they in Cuba. You know, Ralph, Mike, anything <laughs> like that. Talking about Cuban business. Wait a minute, time out. Time out for a minute. Did you see my text about Ralph once they got in Cuba? My tweet about Ralph. His health no. started failing drastically once they got to Cuba. He was almost like <laughs> that's he was like solid state. Every scene, he just looked worse and worse. I'm like, Jesus, maybe you should have stayed home, bro, because you you come to Havana, you just look bad. Part of me is wondering, is was that you know, was that you know a, a ruse? Because what might say later, 
he's had the same heart attack for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. Which I didn't even recognize until you had like texted to me. And then I, I think I was watching it again and I heard it. I was like, oh, I think I've never noticed that he said that before. So it's like they didn't talk about business. They working with um, Batista government. She was like, you know, we can make a lot of money here. Work for the government. Got the casinos. We're going to split up everything. You're going to get your piece. I'm going to get my piece. And Ross trying to be all cool. You know, like, you know, when I die, Mike going to get the bulk of the money. We going to help out our friends. He's like that. Like, you know, there's no problem. You know, not really. He's trying to murder Mike every time he get a chance to. And Mike, and Mike is doing this. Mike He's trying to murder Mike while plotting his, while trying to turn his friends and family against him. And every, every time he's around uh, Roth, he giving him the side eye. I mean, the evil side eye too. It's just like, yeah, motherfucker, I know what you're doing. But I'm gonna play it. Uh, I'm still gonna play it cool. Mike still playing cool. You start having a change of heart when it's like, oh, you know, it's a revolution going on. He see one of the um revolutionaries like get arrested he he do a jihad he runs the car grenade first take out a captain like he going like that's the, and then like like right now they're doing stuff like this it's kind of like military get paid revolutionaries aren't they're like well, well how you feel about that I mean revolutionaries can win so mike's like i don't know if i want to invest all this money in a place where shit might about to pop off. They were all like, oh, they've revolution. They've been having rebels for a zillion years. It's in their blood. Don't worry about it. They were doing this when you was you was in diapers. Nah, I know I know Greg old new knees ain't worth a damn. Let's give him the bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, because Fredo shows up with the money. Huh. What? Right. <laughs> You have Fredo carrying all that cash. Fredo's like, oh, I hope, I'm, I'm just nervous. I hope nobody stop me with all this cash. If I ever seen one of the worst mistakes ever, if you know your brother, if you know your brother, that was just seemed like a bad decision right there. Yeah, Fredo, you okay. bring the money. I mean, to be fair, Fredo did run businesses. So it's like Fredo wasn't, Fredo wasn't like, Fredo was he wasn't like incompetent. So it's just weird thing about that. It's like, you know, I'm not gonna bother Fredo. Like he can carry a briefcase as long as nobody try to rob him. Yeah, he made sure that. If a baby was trying to carry the suitcase, he pushed my baby away. Get out of here. Carry myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and then this when you realize the stuff going on with Fredo. Cause it's like, oh, you know, we hear these people, Johnny Ola, like, oh, you're Johnny Ola. I'm a rob. I've never heard of these people. I don't know who they are. And they there chilling like family members, like, oh, why you know, why is things going on? How you order banana daiquiri? Banana daiquiri. I feel like that was ad libbed. I just feel like they, they just ad libbed it because the way they both start laughing about it. We should have did this a long time ago. <laughs> Regular people. Family. That's just how sucky the relationship is. So keep in mind, Fredo is, the, is older than Mike. Right. And this whole thing is like, you know, Mike taking care of his big brother, baby him, is like probably always rub Fredo the wrong way. He's like, I should be doing this to you. And you got me doing these old side jobs, kick me out the way, treat me like I'm a chump. So. I think also Fredo. Fredo I think also Fredo felt, I guess, I think another thing is I think Fredo felt like 
he didn't feel like a brother. You know what I mean? They shipped him out to Miami, and he was just there. So he never felt apart. It's like y'all pushed me away. I mean, first he was there. They shipped him out to Vegas. Vegas, my bad, Vegas. Yeah, to protect him. Because it's like the family's having war. And then it was like, you know, yeah, Fredo Fredo. Yeah, he. I think he wanted that relationship too with Michael. He's, you know, he was still wanted that. Yeah, we brothers. We should be hanging out too. I'm too busy working. I ain't got time to go to the club with you, Fredo. <laughs> and like, keep in mind, Fredo more like, wow, now I'm knocking down two girls at a time. Yeah, yeah. Like that. They living Mike, different. Mike a family man, like a, Mike a family man, like his dad. They both are living different. So yeah, you're right about that too. And Fredo was already kind of fidgety because he got he got the call in bed. It's like you know, I know he's gonna do that. You guys want to see that? Cause it's kind of like he's just calling him. So well, you know, we try to make a deal. Don't worry, your brother be fine. You need to like write this money up because Fredo think I'm gonna make you know. I'm spoiler alert. Fredo is working behind the scenes to undermine his brother, but he, but he just look at it kind of like. I'm just doing this so Mike can make the deal quicker. Nothing happens to Mike. I ain't worried about it. So we just trying to like he just like get his own get paid for nothing bad happening to Mike. So how bad can it be? It's like yeah, super villain shit. I'll tell you where I'll tell you Spider Man secret identity, but don't kill him. <laughs> just beat him up a little bit. Like that shit never Sure thing, Fredo. You can trust us. And Fredo let us slip because first you say you don't know Johnny Ola. It's like, oh, I know this perfect place. Johnny Ola told us all about it. He come and gave y'all a drink. And you see the look Mike give when he realized, like, Fredo was betrayed him. He was like, hurt, angry. Al, Al Pacino is, he's doing a lot of acting with his face. Like, his whole face changed, like, and it's slow, too. And he want to start chewing glass. Yeah. He, he got that type of look, like, I cannot believe this. Like, family. Because this whole thing is like, you know, don't stand against the family. Always family, always first. And he messed up here. <laughs> he let him know, too. Like, you know, just playing, waiting at this time. Oh, I got like, you. Know, I knew what you for, you know. I got I knew you. What you Fredo. I got you. you. Broke my heart. It was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. Fredo was shook. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fredo was there to drop money off. What money was he there to drop off? The money that Roth was there to do business. Roth bring it up like you know. I don't got my money yet. Like, you know, I hope that wouldn't be a problem or anything like that. You know, we hear you cake living good. Cuba, son. I wouldn't, you know, get distracted by some rebels. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about, you know, this young man I knew. He was up and coming and everything like that. <laughs> Always good for business. Worked hard. And one day I heard, got shot. Right between the eyes. I never asked. I never looked at it. I never asked about it. Never asked. I never, never looked into it. His name was Mo Green. Goddamn Mo. So I didn't want to get revenge because that's the cost of business. And I would hope nothing comes to mess up business. And it was like, you know, I'll leave tomorrow. The money's there. That's one answer. If it's not, that's another answer. So this man is dying. I'm almost sure he's dying at this point. He could barely get up. He's sweating. 
<laughs> talking about going to bed. Yeah, he on his last leg. He's faking. You saw Django Unchained. You saw Samuel Jackson act like he could barely move, and he was doing backflips. Timothy Leonardo DiCaprio by himself. This man faking. Mike knows. He's like, oh, he's he like he about to die. He on his last leg. I wish I had. What he said, I wish I had twenty more years so I can see. Uh huh. And at this point, the rebels have pretty much like starting to take over, right? Because they're trying to get out of Cuba. Yeah, like you know, I'm gonna resign. You know, the, save the government, you know, save peace, like that. You know, time to go, and everybody goes. So Mike ready to go. Meanwhile, Mike's bodyguard that has no lines is dressed in all black, but somehow just gonna blend in. I'm like, you got an old ass man just in all black and hot ass Cuba, and you don't think he gonna get noticed? Looking like uh, looking like Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> and his plan is, I'm gonna sneak in this room, this hospital room, because I don't know if I guess he had heat strokes, and I'm gonna murder him with a pillow. I blame him. And my whole nice. thing is, I'm gonna close the door. And not even nah, fuck that nurse. That nurse is all about drinking and have a good, good, good time. She got a patient on goddamn the Undertaker's door, and she wanted to go have some drinks. Do better, be she better. No, she didn't. The it was the, it was remember it was New Year's, and they came to uh, other nurses that came and said, "Come on, come have a drink with us," because they were gonna celebrate. They were about to celebrate or something, and she was like, "Okay." But the funny thing is, she went back quick. And saw what's going on. Cause, uh, I don't know who gave the clue to the troops. The troops showed up, knocked through the door, and they see the bodyguard there with the pillow. <laughs> Looking stupid. They light them up. No question. Hey, hey, he had it. Why did you hear he had the surprise Metal Gear face look at <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> he just turned, hold the pillow like, doom. Bro, you got to move, jump, roll, do something. Take somebody out with you. Well, he got, he got sticking out. Do, 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 do. <laughs> with a pillow. Like, break that man neck. Stab him. <laughs> I guess he wanted that man to go out peacefully. Mike thinking like you know he me my Mike Lee like Fredo you still my brother come on come don't worry about it I know you bro I would have hit that jump from a distance I know you fuck you I'm out of here come on you're still my brother Fredo nah Fredo Fredo's like nah I know you operate right I may not be around you but I, I know you Fuck that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Senator Gary's trying to run away too, trying to get in. Like, oh, you know, I'm a United States Senator. Let me in the consulate. And let's talk about Senator Gary. He's a little different. He had his own trouble. <laughs> they, they set your man up so bad, your man ain't know what the fuck was going on. But he won't talk in greasy right. no more. He needed help. Yeah, we ain't forget about him. It's kind of like, you know, this movie is long, so... Want to talk the whole Cuba thing first, and then you know, send a Gary out there, wake up. Oh, what the fuck? 
dead woman who's going on and who that time like man we got close one of those places if this wasn't otherwise you might not be able to help you help me i don't know what's going on i, 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 I can't drink we play this game all the time Pretty much. And that's when I, and that's, I never understood. Did he really understand who the Coleons were? I think he might've known, but he didn't know, you know, how deep and how far they could go or things they could do. Cause I'm just like, bro, you just talking too greasy right now. Now you need their help. Now, now they got you forever. Cause it's kind of like, you know, I mean, they did some, they did some thugs, not realizing how they operate. It's like you know, they they didn't get there just by just being some dudes with guns, right? Like these people are people are, like the whole thing. Because keep in mind, Tom Hagen is a lawyer, educated lawyer, went to good school, learned under the like the you know tutelage of Vito Corleone, you know, basically the babe for gangsters the way you talk about them. Like the way you see how he rise up, like you would learn under that. Mike could have went to college, was a Marine. Mike's smart himself. A lot of you know, a lot of smart people don't like. It's a lot of smart people that's modern smart, not just like oh, you know, back in the day village smart. It ain't like Clemenza. I'm a hustler smart. This is like I'm a, I'm an educated thug type thing. So Senator Gary is like ah, these guys can't touch my league. It's like the whole it'd be like, no, Clay Clay uh, when Clay Davis taking taking advantage of Stringer, it's like, you know, Stringer doing hood stuff. Clay on a whole different level of theory. Stringer ain't smart enough to deal with somebody like like Clay Davis. Senator Gary thinks he's Clay Davis doing with Stringer Bell, and it ain't. It's more like I'm Clay Davis dealing with like, you know, Kaiser Sose. And I'm <laughs> way out my leap. And by the time I realize that, it's way too late. My life is done. That's why Senator Gary shows up later on to um, testify on their behalf. So it's like, right. yeah, I ain't got no choice. I think they're upstanding Americans and... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they all get back. Rolf gets back somewhere. He has a heat stroke, but he's hitting. Fredo somehow made it back. He's on a boat. Who knows how to fuck Fredo? Miscarriage. He had a miscarriage. Sorry. Was it a boy? Uh, You don't know. Can I get a straight answer? (laughs) I don't. I don't know, motherfucker. (laughs) He really didn't know. Like, I don't know. He knows. He he, he knows. You think he knew? And it's. Yeah, he, of course. Tom knows. Did he know it was a miscarriage, though? Did he? I mean, did he know it was an abortion? More than likely. That's the whole thing. But he ain't. He ain't telling them. It's like yeah. the, it's like the whole. Tom's like Alfred. Except for the whole. What if 
I told you the woman you thought was going to leave with you? <laughs> was going to take you. Uh, you like, yeah, you still want to go out and fight? <laughs> she was going to leave with Alfred. Beyond that part. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, Mike's just going through it. It's like, so, finally, my brother betrayed me, and my wife had a miscarriage. Speaking of that, a miscarriage, you know, Vito had two more kids. Fred, you know, Vito out there broke. Because, you know, you know Fredo out there had pneumonia. See, that's why I feel bad. You pull in, Fredo had a tough and rough. You got pneumonia. They put hot cups on his chest. Uh, you finished? I got treated back then. Are you finished with the Fredo sympathizer? Don't stop being a Fredo sympathizer. I'm just saying Fredo's responsible for his actions, but he was fighting an uphill battle from the moment he was born. Fair. We can leave like it I we can leave it at that. Fair. I can have sympathy for Cooper Manning while still acknowledging the fact that Cooper Manning would be just fine in life. I'm like, he ain't Peyton and he ain't Eli. And he was a quarterback just like them. He's Cooper. Yeah, but as imagine being like, what's your name? Cooper Manning. And, they, and people who know like <laughs> you snickering, but he probably going to the bank. You the third one, huh? Just think about that. Your brothers are both Hall of Famers. That's won two Super Bowls. Your dad also legendary well, quarterback. I don't know how legendary he was, but also played quarterback. And this is you. I got my own thing. I'm cool. You ain't even Mark. You ain't even Marcus Vick. At least Marcus Vick played ball. Yeah. I, I, listen, it's fair. Your argument for, you know, uh, Fredo is fair, but I just choose to go the other, other way. Things would play different if he would have played it right. So anyway, we don't do business. He's with Clemenza and, and Tessio. they all together. So this is where you see Tessio for the first time. So they, you know, making their money doing stuff. So Vito's like, you know, get it by hook or by crook. I got to take care of my family. So yep. I'm Living with life with a gun. Who find out? Punk ass Sinucci. Hopped on my main car. Yo, I, I, I couldn't make it back then. People could just hop on your car like that. I mean, you could always push them off. <laughs> he really could have. <laughs> Fuck off. Ain't, no, ain't no seatbelt. I think Sinucci with no airbag section. So, anyway, for me, like, yeah, I heard y'all living all good. Y'all ain't come show me, you know, y'all give me my slice. Disrespectful shit like that. Like, I heard y'all, you know. Made off for like six hundred each in the last deal. So um, y'all should break my, break me off for two hundred each. But if I'm wrong, you give me a hundred. I try to be greedy. That's one little bit. That's when you know this is when you realize for is trash. Because he wanted to wet his beat. So, no, no, not the wet his beat part. The whole thing is like you know, I want two hundred from each. But I'll take a hundred because I'm nice. No, if you want two hundred, you want two hundred. Ain't like this. You can give me a hundred. It's like no, you. I want two hundred. Ain't no nice nothing. But it's like oh, you know, maybe you got you got a hundred though. I take a hundred. Like if somebody owed me a hundred, I ain't asking twenty five. Right. I got you. I got you. I got you. That's just like somebody saying, "I need to loan some money. How much you need? Um, I need fifty, but you can give me twenty. What? <laughs> you need 50, you need 20. Make up your mind. 
anyway. It's like, you know, I just want a little bit. Just ask your friends about me. You know, they're reasonable people. And, you know, Vito is like, because Panucci is like, you know, we got an agreement. We got an agreement. He's like, yeah, I talked to my friends. We, we share everything. And we got to talk about it. And I'll get back to you. Yeah, we, get, we cool like that. So anyway, they're eating dinner, eating nice spaghetti. Wife picked the food. No, Vito fixed the plate. Wife got out. It's like, you got to pay him. And Mike, and um, I keep calling Mike Vito like, why? Why we got to pay him? It's just one of him and three of us. He got guns. I got guns. We got guns. He's made. He's, he's made points. And then he points at the part like, you know, everybody don't be paying him like that. <laughs> they be like, who? <laughs> he started David Dave's. Such and such on 25th Street and other things. You know, like, yeah. And they like, oh, you understand? He's part of Black Hand. He, you know, he represents Manzano, blah, blah, blah. And, and Vito correctly points out, but no, she don't move as strong as y'all think he does. He oh he's got a whole lot he's kind of, he likes sugar night right. perfect perfect corollary you see you know about sugar night versus reputation James Prince moves like sugar night pretenders yeah and but you know nobody nobody, nobody tests James Prince people have tested sugar night and then once you realize that like, he can be touched it's like no he just you know he busted he he bullying people that's easily bullied. It's easy bullying Vanilla Ice. When people clap back, he ain't there to handle it. And this just showed you who Vito was, but even in his younger age, he was more observant. Watch you, watch to see what you do and read you first before he make his make his moves. So he already saw, like, this dude a sucker, for real. The way he was moving was just like some sucker shit, too. Because I'm like, if you that big, then you got to know somebody going to want to take you out eventually. So you just moving freely out here like that? All right, play it cool. Yeah, but it's kind of like he. The whole thing is people always looked at his quietness and thoughtfulness and laid back stuff as like being dumb because they used to like bluster and being all loud. He just right. like you know he observed and moved. He's always been like that. So he observed. Like he got Panucci figured out. So his whole thing is like you know, you give me three hundred dollars. I go ahead and talk to him and everything like that. And we'll hand you know, we'll hand it to my way. He's like, he asked for six hundred. He's like, let me take care of this. Just remember, you know, like I'm a man of my word and I'll never, you know, lead y'all astray. Just remember that I did this favor for you. And he's like, well, how you gonna handle it? He's like, you know, that's my business. Don't worry, don't, don't worry about it. Like, Robert Nero was so awesome this scene because the one time he said, he was like, don't worry, I take care of everything. And this was so tired. Well, you know, how you going to handle it? Fucking worry about how I handle it. I'm going to handle it. <laughs> Got you this. Eat, now, you want to eat this spaghetti or not? And you know what? Yeah, like, all right. But men are like, I don't know about this. Yeah, because he stopped eating and just staring at him like, man, I ain't too sure about this shit. But you know, if this was a 2000, if this is a 2020 movie, you know, the wife would have chimed in. It's funny how they, she didn't say nothing. She was there and I'm sure she heard everything, but you know, she just kept it moving, fixing spaghetti. It's, 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 I don't know if it's a necessarily 2020 thing, a cultural thing. Cause like some wives are like, you know, just have a check going on. I don't care what you're doing. 
Yeah, she knew. Yeah. Doing your thing. And some, and some bike friend, and then I think you be doing all this, you, you know, be beefing in front of the homies. Like, beef later. So, different situation. So, anyway, you get the money. You see Panucci. Panucci look on his, you know, his head, like, like it's only $100. Look again. I guess it is $100, but that's it. And Vito's like, oh, this is my share, you know. My friend's getting the rest of it. And it's like, oh, that's good. That's you good, cool. And it's how I know it's trash. Like, oh, that's all right. You went from 600 to 100? <laughs> and he saw, and like, he saw that he was cool with it, too. That's cool. I can find some work with you. Maybe you can make some money. It's like that. You come to me. We hook you up. Anything like that. And that's what like, yeah, for me, fake. Imagine you that with Marlo. Chris and Snoop gonna have you in a box. Nah, I went from I went from uh, six. We, yeah. They really went from six hundred uh, to one hundred dollars. <laughs> they were jumping for five dollars. So anyway, so anyway, they have their little parade. You know, Panucci's there enjoying himself. And Vito Corleone's film, maybe it's like he up there jumping roofs. Back in the day, this is 19, this is like 1917. This motherfucker was the first Punisher because he is maneuvering to, to meet up. He he's like, I'm going to catch him from the side. So he jumped the rooftop, maneuvered with the roof, takes a gun, and his way of a sauce is wrapping up with a, a, a towel. Change the light, unscrew the light bulb, make it dim. So Vito is a master planner. Right? He's the quiet one. It's like back in the Great Depression era. He's plotting, plotting, I'm going to wait now. I think I'm not. No. I'm going to jump roofs. I'm going to have a makeshift silencer. I'm going to dim the lights. I'm going to create an environment that's to my optimum advantage to sneak up on this fat dude in a white suit. I don't want to take any chances. Uh, he's smart. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you go. He's smart. It's a level of intelligence that you, that's not just smart, smarter than everybody around him. Cause it's kind of like that planning would make, would make sense. Like if you saw a movie like now, mm-hmm. like the nineties, like the eighties and nineties thousands, like, okay, that makes sense. Back then, I don't know why I was doing that. Yeah. They would just rush them. It would be some half-witted bullshit, like you saw in the, some of them assassination t- attempts they were doing <laughs> early in the that's, movie. That's, that's thirty. That's like twenty to thirty years later. Yeah. So anyway, no waiting. Documents go up the steps. You know, messing with the light bulb. You know, shoot some once. Chest. Shit. I just shot. Pull open my jacket. Oh, I got shot. Towel on fire. Take off the towel. And meanwhile, he's shooting them while they have a parade, while they have a firecrackers off. So I hear the gunshot. Shoot them one more time in the mouth. Just for GP. Just to be sure. <laughs> Just to be sure. And then this man, you know, takes money. Doesn't take any like, you know, identities like that. 
wipes the prints off the gun, breaks the gun into multiple pieces, throws them away in different places. So some pieces in this shoot, more pieces in that shoot. So like Vito was taking no damn chance. This man Dexter. <laughs> so Panucci's handle. Now, back in the present, all this jumping back and forth. Oh, it's getting confusing sometimes. So they here, we have a Senate committee. They invest in organized crime against the Corleone Syndicate. Is that what y'all call it? A family? <laughs> What's Godfather mean? Is that his nickname? White community come on, that mixed stuff. It, 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 Godfather is a term of endearment from his friends <laughs> and people that respected him. So, what did you do business? Like, you know, I did some things out of the social. You know, what's that mean? You know, push a button. Well, you know, I pushed a button. What, what's that? No, you know what that is. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you do. Stop acting like you don't know. I mean, the boss, they push a button. That's what I did. I pushed a button somebody. Are you saying oh, kill, murder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> pulled pork sandwich, I'd say whatever. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, I killed somebody. You ever get orders from Mike Corleone? Like, no. Never talked to him. He's like, oh, so it's like in a minute Middleman, yeah, yeah, like a corporation, a whole bunch of middlemen, hey, ha, 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 you cracking jokes, like ain't no big deal, snitching, easy, like a joke, yeah, so they find out potentially, you know, it's going to testify against Mike, because he, you know, potentially thought Mike tried to get him off the box, come on, you know, there's no way to get him, he's under federal protection and everything like that, can't touch them. So I figured out a way to get to them. I wonder how they're going to get to them. We're going to find out. So, back to Vito. So, at this point, Vito chilling. He's trying to buy fruit. People giving it to him for free. Now, he respects the man community. So, it's kind of like we're on the street. It's like, you know, you got some problems. You don't cool, they don't handle it. Mm-hmm. She's gone. People are people can put two and two together like, yeah, we know who did it, but we ain't saying nothing. And to the point now, this is how you realize the wife ain't dumb. Like you touch, oh, what's going on? What's neighbor? You know, my wife said you, your wife said you can help me. Oh boy. Has that ever happened to you before? Word? Has that ever happened to you before? Where your wife is said. <laughs> <laughs> It happened to me before. I was just like, don't do that again. Please don't. No, my wife is very peculiar about things like that. She'll either handle herself or will not get handled. She don't bring me in to handle a situation that she can handle. And she's not going to have some strange, such a strange woman. Yeah. yeah. My husband can help Mine was a, it was her friend. Unless we, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. And I had to explain to her why I didn't like it. It was early on. <clears throat> and 
because <laughs> it just came yeah. down to that's your friend. <laughs> but in this situation, it's a bit different. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like it's a you know the fact that the wife knows enough respect. She's kind of like you know I know what my husband can do. It's like a term of endearing respect. Right. I believe my husband enough that he can handle it. It was some light. It was light. It wasn't nothing like life or death. So I understood it. It's like yeah, it's and it's confidence to be like I believe my husband enough that he can handle this. I'm like oh, you come to me for all like you know I got a dog and the landlord don't like the dog and now he'll kick us out even if we get rid of the dog. So shows up with um the landlord. Landlord is like, oh, what's going on? Such and such, you know. I heard about this dog, anything like that, you know. Going on, can't you help up with Paisan? I used to say, no, nah, I'm Neapolitan. I said, no, you know, I can't have dogs be taking advantage of me. Da da da. It's like that. It's like, oh, you know, first video try to be nice, like you know, I give you whatever the increase for the rent is. You know, I'll cover the increase. Six months come to me again, like rent will increase five dollars. Like, here's the money. Of course, you love to keep the dog, right? What? He's like, what? Nah, man, get the hell out of here. He's like, oh, no, don't be like that. Don't be all cool. Just ask about me. And, you know, thanks for your time. Have a nice day. So, I guess he asked about him. He come back. Shut <laughs> I'm so sorry. Where's my Christian matters? Things like that. It's just, I don't know what's going on. So he can go it. She can stay and keep the dog, and we'll keep you keep the rent the same before. You know, just looking. You know that gift with um, what's that puff day and that other? What's that? Was that like a the voice or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know, I know yeah, the gift. Yeah, looking and Vito just looking like he's just looking. <laughs> Five dollars less. Okay, I decrease. How about um, two dollars less? Counting fingers, three, four, five, ten. Ten in the, the 19, 19, that's a lot of damn money. Vito's like, Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, ten dollars? All right, salute. Have a nice day. He's like, She all flustered. He's like, Oh, you want to take some drink? Oh, I got a point. Man, I'm sorry for this time. He can't even go out the door. And Janko there laughing his ass off. Oh, shit. And all that. And then. They hanging up the sign, Jinko Pure, like oil company, like, so this is Vito making moves. So Vito the man now, making moves. So, back in trial, and tangibly about to testify, and Mike shows up. Mike shows up, brother. He don't say nothing. Brother don't say nothing. Brother just look. Frank see that? Frank already know. Shit. Remember where you came from? Kind of <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was lying. I don't know I was lying. Like, I can't believe this. What is going on? You testified that Mike was doing all this. Like, Mike was responsible for killing uh, a cop. Killing a drug trafficker, Salazzo was responsible for the murder of five family members back in the day. Uh, what, huh? 
Dog, LeBron is the best. LeBron is the goat. Damn, I was just playing about Jordan. <laughs> I like Steph Curry. Like, who's that man that came in? Like, oh, it's such and such um, Pantanchely. Any relation to him? Like, yeah, his brother. But I mean, he or something like, no, he just came all the way to Sicily just to hear the social support for his brother. He doesn't speak any English, so please, you know, he can't be, can't testify. So they like, oh, our cases, fuck, we got to adjourn. And Tom Hanger punk ass like, this court, this, I demand an apology. This, this court must get on, this court. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Wallet. Yeah, he out here talking shit like you already want anyone to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Man, where did that thing come from? What? Is that new? You need to get his you need to get this man his flowers. Wait, he dead? Uh, it's semi-new. It's been out for a minute. Yeah, I see that here all the time. Like, y'all just bored. Y'all be making up. Y'all can't say lying words about each other. That shit don't even make any sense. <laughs> what a heck I do with lying. It ain't about the hat. It's about capping, man. Stop capping for them. <laughs> Stop capping for them hoes. <laughs> cap, no cap. I'm like, and where did cap come from? It used to be cake, and now it's a cap. Like what the? Know what that means? That just means that just means you're getting older with shit like that. <laughs> Half of people with sixth grade education be making up slang. <laughs> no cap. So these old promethazine babies <laughs> making shit up, and they be people our age using. I'm like that. That's why I don't be using modern slang. If I ain't grow up with it, I ain't. Cause I won't be like these shit. Like, what up, fellow hospitalist? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got that oh, shit in my uh, head. <laughs> Sean Connery, you're fighting force. Like, you the man now, dog. Like, I'm not trying to talk. I'm an idiot. You just explained it. Not long. I'm not a fan of that. Like, I use my slang, and the rest of them, I ask, I ask my age. Oh, what's up, fellow high schoolers? <laughs> I'm there looking nine years old with a skateboard. <laughs> Tell me when I can play the sound bike. So they back in Nevada. Fredo there. He's like, you know, what's going on? Why you feel a certain way? You know, you passed me. You know, I got you treating me like I'm second rate. You got me working some punk ass job. You pushed me aside and everything like that. You know, yeah, I helped Rolf because I just wanted to get something. You know, you said you was being tough on the deal. And he just, this is a move up business, but he didn't say nothing about hurting me like that. He's like, why well, I get pushed over? And he's like, you know, so father wanted. And what do I want? Go ahead. Play it. You're my kid brother. You take care of me. Did you ever think about that? Did you ever once think about that? Send Fredo off to do this. Send Fredo off to do that. Let Fredo take care of some Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere. 
So afraid I would have picked somebody up at the airport. I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. That's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. <laughs> I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. God damn it, that's Twitter. I'm telling you, that's Twitter. It was so hilarious. It's like he twitches. What's he saying? It's like Braille wants to have a breakdown. I'm smart. Like he he still he still listen he's so aware of what everybody says about him that that's what got me about that scene it was like you know everybody talking about it but old Fredo was like he don't know no he knows what everybody's saying about him he wants respect I, I ain't mad I ain't mad at him who else know who is like that but not we. Kevin Durant. That's why it sounds so Because Kevin Durant is aware how he comes off too, and he don't care. He's like, I'm the, I'm great. Yeah, I'm flawed. I'm a human being. Yeah, I got a burner, but so I'm tired of y'all shit. Like, I want my respect. I'm a Hall of Famer. Stop treating me like I'm a punk. And um, that's what this reminds me of. Because like, Kevin Durant's way more confident than Fredo. Yeah. But when I hear this thing, I think about Kevin Durant. So I was like, yeah, Fredo, Fredo, of course Fredo knows. Fredo ain't oblivious. He knows exactly how people look at him. How couldn't he? But I think everybody else did think that he didn't know what they said about him. And eventually, yeah, of course he got to know. Like, why am I getting treated they this way? No, it wasn't that they didn't think that they didn't care. That's even worse. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. Bro, like, yeah. Was Vito was like, you know, I knew Santino being, you know, be part of this, and Fredo. Uh. I think he wanted to. I think he. I think what he was looking for was that respect from his from his brothers, from his family at least, to for them to look at him like, yeah, you know, you can do some things. But it was like he was getting it from his family and the outside. His mole green was kicking his ass. Mike's cool. Mike, my light was just like, oh, you know, that's what happened. Okay. So, anyway, it's like, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. I want to see you. She figures out my mother. Let me know so I won't be there when you're there. Oh, no part. That's some cold <laughs> shit right there. Man, said, you're not a brother to me no more. You're nothing. Uh no. So <laughs> Kay's, you know, they're all about to leave. Like, you know, we're leaving, you're not getting with me. Excuse so, me? You know, you talking about, you know, you alright? Kids, like you take my friend can't take my kids away from me. They arguing in there and the kids hear that. You're not gonna take and this is where you get it's funny. Hearing Michael Pacino, hearing Al Pacino scream now is no big deal. So you hear him scream all the time, but he didn't scream like this in Godfather One. Nope. God, Godfather Two, you start screaming too. First, first time you scream, you like you know someone came, shot at my home where my wife sleeps, where my kids play with their toys. Just out of nowhere, just shout, and then you shout like you will not take me, my kids. 
It's a, you know, men and women. It's how things go. I got right. Oh, he was on that caveman shit. <laughs> it's going to be like this for the end of time. <laughs> he was white. It's, this shows how different, because, like, you couldn't picture Vito Corleone ever being like this. Oh, no. Because, kind of like, Vito didn't have to, and his wife was never in that. Like, his wife, she played her role, he played his. It was fine. Everybody else, yeah. Sonny? You could see Sonny punching his ball. The funny thing is, I couldn't see Sonny hitting a woman. But I could hear Sonny, like. He would threaten. I don't think he would ever hit him. I think he would threaten. Yeah, he, you know. Fredo, yeah, I could see Fredo slapping his wife. No punk ass. But anyway, it's like, yeah, you just all right because, you know, you still you under most of the abortion. I mean, not. Oops. Spoiler. <laughs> Miscarriage and BK's life. Oh, you're so naive. It wasn't miscarriage. It was an abortion, Michael. Great. I killed your son. The face, the face reaction. And all of this, and it, like he could be part of all this. This is over because this marriage is an abortion, and I couldn't bring a son into all of this for two thousand years, and I killed it. And you know, I knew I had to tell you that for it to be over because this was over. And Mike faces this like he turned a devil because he just getting more and more upset and then he just started making the cradle space. Boy. <laughs> no. Not even that. Not even PS4 cradle. Like PS2. When he first found out. <laughs> dad. You stupid. <laughs> he just human. His lip covered. His, his face is changing more and more by the second. And he just Like, get out. You're not going to take my kids. So, this house, so Mike, Mike Nichols is. He smacks Kay. He takes the kids and kicks her out. Yeah. He didn't stay with me. Beat it. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't know uh, throughout the movie, this pretty much sums it up right now. He is a piece of shit. This some Tyler Perry shit. Oh, right on. I'm, you take, I'm taking custody of my kids. You can tell, oh, you talking about you want to get out? Bye, get out. Get staying with me. Take this slap on the way out. I'm over. This a boy. This a marriage. I'll show you. I'll show you what over looks like. Like, damn, he, he. He hit with the front hand. Damn palm strike. Like, damn monster. Yeah, he hit the hot. Like, he, I, you know, I rewinded that time a lot. Cause I'm like, did he really smack? Like, did they really, you know, hit her? And I'm just rewinding it. Like, he came the opposite way. Cause it looked like he would came to right, but he came with the left and hopped. Jesus, take it easy, brother. Shima palm strike. <laughs> Stupid. So, to show that economy, go back. Going back to Sicily. So, first time he's there since you know he had to leave, showing family around, everybody living all sweet, eating olives. It's like, you know, kids, this is where I grew up at. You're all happy. You stop by my homie Tomasino. Let's just go. Oh, what's going on like this? Oh, Don Cheech. Got somebody there, Jinko Pure Olive Oil, all the way from America, and he want to bring it to, you know, to you, because he heard you the bang like that. Don Chicha, his wife. Come on, somebody, their last leg. Don Chicha, 
barely he blind. I can't see. Come closer. What's your name? Vito Corleo. Oh, you took the name of the village. Uh, who's your father? Antonio Andolini. Huh? His name's Antonio Andolini. And you killed him. This is my payback. And he cut him like a damn turkey. Yeah, he, he's getting in there. Getting in there real good. This is long-term planning. Right. <laughs> Long like, yeah, you remember me when I was nine? <laughs> it's bad enough. So keep in mind, what's that you about what? Ninety? Yeah, and I don't think it one more nap and he would have been dead. I'm just like, come on, bro. Cause this gotta be because I'm thinking by this time, Vito like in the earliest what? thirties? Um, yeah, I would say thirties. At least. Early thirties. Cause all the kids born, all three sons and Connie at this point. Like Mike, just like Mike's the youngest, so Mike's just a baby. So yeah, it's like I'm wait till I get to the top and then come back and keep back. It's like being a boss on new game plus mode <laughs> when your stats all maxed out. I'm gonna fight the I'm gonna fight the Arsenal ball. I'm gonna beat my my HP at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Now I'm ready for this fight. Man, he could have just gave that boy a laxative and he would have died. He ain't had to do all that. So anyway, they're escaping. And, and then, like, yeah, a whole bunch of bodyguards. Because it was like one shot the other one. It was a dude in the roof. Put Tomasino. Now he's limping. Yeah, shot a leg. And then it's like, they're going back home. Tell them, you know, Michael, your father loves you very much. Benesai. Benesai. Like, yeah, Michael, my future. That's why I always had a soft spot for Michael. Because I guess he was like, yeah, I, my first two sons were duds. <laughs> so, Yo, because it's funny. When they, uh, when he, when he, was kind of like, yeah, and most he's going to be is like, you know, he might make the Pro Bowl. Fredo ain't, Fredo ain't going to be a starter. But you might, you might be able to make it to the Hall of Fame. But look. It's all about when they show Sonny as a kid. That motherfucker was throwing hands with the old man. Oh, dude, they would play ball. They would play all fighting. And Sonny was ready to throw hands down. Look at Sonny. Mean man. Ready to fight. Like, always fighting. You know, so, yeah, the funeral. And, you know, because, oh, before Mike's mom died, they have a conversation about, you know, how you feel about family and how, how the pop deal with that. It's like, he had to be strong for us. And he had to handle things his way. But he never forgot about family. It was like, you know, you can't be a man about family. That know, like, it's never too late and stuff like that. I cut Mike. He, <sighs> Mike knew he, he had fucked up. No, he didn't. No. His mother and father were looking down on his ass in disgust. I mean, it's kind of like Vito made choices to protect his family. Mike made choices to protect his family. But Michael made choices for Michael. It got to a point he was just making choices for himself. I think he was making choices for the future, knowing they were going to alienate some people. And he didn't care about the people he had to alienate, so he was able to handle it. It was just kind of like, I'm doing this for the future, the family, who in my the family's point, like my kids and me. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tom and Tom actually. So, anyway, they had the funeral, mom dies. And Connie comes in there and she's like, oh, you know, I know I've been hurting you, buddy. I was doing all this stuff. 
because I knew it could hurt you, and I wanted to hurt you because that's how you made me feel and everything like that because of what went on. But uh, like enough with that time for you to grow up. You were, you know, I realized you were being strong like daddy. Now it's time for me to be strong for you. And forgive Fredo. He's just like a baby. He needs you and everything like that. I guess this is when Connie turns like Adrian. <laughs> she did. Now you get the Godfather 3. <laughs> yeah. So at a funeral, you know, Fredo's like, oh, where Michael? Come on, Mike's not going to be here to leave. That's that. How fucked up that is. So mama, funeral. Still beast. So anyway, Mike shows up. Because keep in mind, with the, um, Mike say to Al, as long as I need to have the Fredo while my mom's alive. Yeah. And Mike shows up. He's Fredo. Fredo looking like a like a baby puppy, and they hug each other. Everybody like, oh, the family get back together. And he give he give that Stone Cold. Remember Stone Cold was fucking Vince. Yeah. <laughs> he give that look to Al. Like, yeah, what I said, right? Long as long as my mom alive. Take this man out of the Guess who funeral? Guess who funeral we at? <laughs> they know, oh, now there's a there's levels of evil. But the way they play this scene is just like, you think at first, like, oh, Mike gonna forgive. He kind of gave that speech. The mom gave that speech. Everybody's family back together. It's like, let's heal all wounds. Mike, like, no. I keep beef forever. Like Cardi B say, if I got beef, I got beef forever. Well, he played the, he played the long, long game like his dad. He waited. Real long. He waited till everybody till, oh. till he knew the people that would really look down on his ass were gone. Uh, so anyway, so all this stuff is pl- all this plot. Now we're at the end game. It's like you know, first he's getting on beef with Tom. It's like oh, so what's going on? You about to take his job and leave? Heard you got energy. You got you know out of house in Vegas and stuff like that. You gonna leave with your family, your mistress? Tom, like, he always hurt me, Mike. He was like, whatever, dude. Why you just disrespect me for two movies? What's going on? I didn't like the scene. I hated the scene. I, I hate it because we had just had the scene of uh, you, my brother, whatever. Now we're at the point of you, like, so you what you telling? See, always, it's always been that. That's the thing. It is like you know, I'm treat. You know what it is? It's Vincent. It's like Vincent Triple H, not Vincent Shane. Vincent Triple H. Okay. You're the only person I can trust. Well, I'm going to demote you. Yeah, you're the one that's going to take care of this. You take care of my daughter. But some NXT boys, I'm going to use them my way. Okay. Like I, that yeah. push and pull. Like, I know you're my brother, but I can't help myself. And Tom was like, I, what I do? I never hurt you. And he's like, you know. So I ain't know you out, Tom. <laughs> So I wonder if Tom stayed by did he stay with guilt? Did he just stay along just you know, he felt guilty if he would no. leave? Like it's family. At the right. end of the day, he's going, it's like it's family. If, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Tom had the superpower of he wasn't afraid to talk to nobody. He was the only person that would stand up to Sonny and tell Sonny, like, cut up Joe fuckboy shit. And he <laughs> told Mike what Mike didn't want to hear. He wasn't afraid to tell him Mike no. And mm. Mike didn't have anybody else in his circle like that. So he needed them, but he also. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's family. Yeah. Okay. I like each other, but you love each other. So it's like, that's how it goes. 
then where they plotting like, oh, you know, Ross trying to go, he got denied asylum, Israel, you gonna try to pat him on next, they gonna say no, he's gonna be in Miami, like we get him there. And he's like, you know, the other protection of secret service is gonna be impossible. And what might say? Nothing's impossible. Anything that I've learned, anything that history taught us is that anybody can be killed. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's about to, you know, he's got six months to live. What might say? He's been dying the same heart attack for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Mike ain't like you. Like, oh, you know, he hey, on his deathbed. He got Cuba. <laughs> that Cuban heat was mean on my bay. My bay was just looking bad. He been dying for a long time. That's how Mike is. Like, yeah, is that COVID working slow? Huh? You got the friend Sam for heart. Mike, Mike treat like it's a hoax. Fuck all that. He's like, can he be done? Like, you know, is it possible? And what Rocco say? Difficult, not impossible. And, and Phil Collins like, sorry, one. It's like, is it worth it? You got to destroy everybody. I don't think I got to destroy everybody, Mike. I mean, Kyle, it's my Just the whole thing. This, this is overkill. Yeah. It ain't like Godfather one where like I took out the family because I had to, and now today I was done. And Carlos like I can't trust him. He basically killed my brother. This is like. I neutralized everybody. Ross on the run. He can't do nothing. Pantangeli can't do nothing. Everybody else in my pocket is dead. Let it go. It ain't worth the risk. Mike, like, nah. Now I'm dunking on him with a 20-point lead. (laughs) So, Rocco. Okay. So, this team of Rocco. I've always wondered this. Rocco, when he knew it. He did anyway. He was loyal. Nah, nah, nah. It's way more than that. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, loyalty is one thing. Not this whole, I'm just going, I'm going to go ahead and do this job knowing I'm a dead man. Like, why? I'm like, could have sent somebody else? Maybe Rocco's the only person he trusted. I don't know. Yeah, Rocco. Knock out Rob. Die, you die. Nice noise. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Huh? D- d- but doesn't that seem like Michael right now at this point? If no. You, I, I don't know. If that's like Michael. They don't seem like Rocco would be like, why am I doing that? And, and people and people have had, you know, theories about that. First they thought, you know, maybe Rocco was responsible for the, you know, for the plot on his life the first time. Or maybe Rocco had cancer or something like that. Like, it's... It always seemed weird that Rocco was going to take that mission, knowing how it was going to end up. And everybody was like, Tom wasn't cool with it, but Mike and Rocco seemed to be. And it was like, so what we talk about is basically Rocco goes to Miami airport. He's dressed up as a reporter because Hyman Ross is like, I wanted to die in Israel as a Jew. It's been my last days. It's a shame. I'm just a retired businessman. Trying to do a retirement. Hyman, I heard you worth $300 million. <laughs> Three hundred million dollars is just like a fuck. Why you move to Miami? They want to take my absentee ballot. <laughs> I'm just still playing all like I'm a I'm just this bum trying to live my life. That's how I would be. And they won't let. That's how I would be. What you doing, Jeff? Just trying to live my life. 
<laughs> Eat these tuna fish sandwiches. Here's the thing. I don't need to have, you know, a gold toilet. All right. All right. I don't need to be like that. But I ain't going to be a bum. Why can't you be at like Gus Frank level? Like you rich. You got a nice house. Like, you know. No. You I got a bed. But you eat salmon. You eat nice. Uh, you got I, a nice crib. It ain't. Asshole. I understand what you're getting at. He was doing it a little bit overboard. He was dressing like damn, like he was rocking shit. Like I'm just picking up garbage and picking up shit where I can. Yeah, he. Okay. That's, man, he had, like he. That's like imagine Mick Foley had Triple H's money. Right. That's I'm like. It's kind of like being responsible. Fine. This is like I'm being frugal. Like I don't know what I know. Nothing. I'm cheap. Like, what's the point of having money if you're not gonna spend it? Yeah, you gotta spend some of it. You ain't got to spend it all, but, you know. Small the dragon from Lord of the Rings? Like, I didn't have money to have money. Like, <laughs> while Hamid doing this whole song and dance, Rock will shoot him. And he tries to run. He makes about three feet before he gets gunned down. Like, I don't know how. I don't know what his end game was. Uh, so, that happened. Meanwhile, Tom sees Frank. Like, oh, what's gonna go on now? He's like, yeah, you know, you're, he's, you know, you're a student of history, Frank. You know what happened with the Romans? The plot against the emperor is a way for you know them to keep their money. It's like, yeah, the rich people, the poor ones, all got knocked off. Emperor took all their stuff. Unless they committed suicide, went out their own way. They got to keep their land, and the kids were safe. It's like, you know, they should run a bath. Hot bath, put their wrist, and just float away. So basically, that's the whole thing he left. So, so it's nothing that goes on against his brother and any retribution. He just going, you know, take the L, got the way. Cause like, yeah, you know, brother ain't stay for food. He just left. He's just old school. He, you know, just loves this village. He could have been a big man. He could have been a don here, but he just want to stay. Like he got real respect for his brother. And, you know, I guess the only thing that happened to his brother. So the funny thing is. They never implied that he was friend his brother. It's more like his brother showing up like, you know, the fuck you doing? <laughs> like, like he ain't no snitching. So it was like, just, to, you know, so Frank gonna go out like, you know, I'm gonna take the L and nobody else got nothing else happens to him. He just slid his wrist in the bathtub. Like, oh, you don't play cards, Frank? Frank! Jesus Christ. Frank out of here. He just out of here. Two down, one to go. So he took, you know, he took takes him aside the paint. The family's taken care of. Everybody's good to go. And now they have to bath. Now they have to beach house. Like, oh, you gonna go fishing? I always say, help me if I get fish. Fredo, like, they go fishing after me. They kind of show up. Oh, you have to go fishing, Connie. No, you got time. Michael said we gotta leave right now. Gonna go take him to Nevada. Gonna take him to Nevada now. His whole thing. I always wonder if Connie knew what was going to happen. It's hard. It's hard because you would think if she had any inkling of that, that she would she would leave again. But keep in mind, this is Connie 2.0. 
you know, it's like, yeah, I know you, you're trying to be like that and everything like that and stuff like that. So I'm here to, you know, I'm more business. So I don't know. I always want that. So anyway, they go fishing and Fredo like, oh, I like, I don't know if we just go fish together. Yeah, I found that kind of, I would just get up. I'm like, oh, okay, I ain't going fishing today because I don't fuck with you like that. So anyway, they out there fishing, and all you hear is a gunshot. But before that, as you hear, as you hear Fredo doing the little prayer, I said, as you see, um, as you hear Fredo doing the prayer, you see Michael. He kind of like, kind of fidgety. Like, should I be doing this? Because he's standing up, kind of like pacing, smoking. Yeah, he ain't that. He ain't fidgety. Comedy doing this more like oh my brother about to die it's gonna hurt but oh well God damn trust me he don't he don't see the type he don't see the type of second guess himself oh yeah that's until the third one go ahead so anyway so all his enemies are dead and then we get the final flashback scene so about to do Vito Quillo on the surprise birthday party. And all of a sudden, oh, Santino Corleone, <laughs> looking all James Conn, looking nice and young and fresh and just happy. And he's like, oh, I brought this friend, my friend Carlo Rizzi. You know, I told you all about my little daughter, my, you know, my sister Connie. And that's why it's like, yeah, Godfather 1 hits a lot different than you realize Sonny was the one who introduced Carlo to Connie. And you see him playing around with Fredo, they punching each other, looking all happy. And then who else show up? Tessio with the cape. Hmm. Good time. Also looking happy. All these all these dead people during happy time. All looking all good. It's like, you know, nice cake and everything like that. They talking about the war. They talking about, you know, you know the Jets did? They, they, they bombed us on Pop's birthday. What Fredo say? They didn't know it was Pop's birthday. <laughs> A Fredo answer. <laughs> Michael tight. Mm-hmm. 
It should be tight. Like, do you, how does that sound? Me and your dad talked about how proud we were and talked about all the plans we made for you. Yeah. So we got. Fuck are you to make plans for me? So we got an up. We got an upset Michael, an upset Sonny, a Fredo who's confused. Congratulations, Michael. <laughs> and Tom, who's just like, what the fuck? And a sad Tom. And then it's like, dad, and then dad gets there, and they sing the song, they all leave. He's a dog, just fellow. And you know, all that happy stuff going on. Who bombs him? can't even realize. Imagine that you have a birthday party, and you find out your, your youngest son. It's about the willingly join the military, the Marines. Yeah. So he didn't go for a free job. He want to fight. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the front line. And it ends, and you just see Mike just sitting on a bench alone. Like, he's just... Like, I, I'm running everything. I eliminate all my enemies. My future's secure. And it's like Thanos. Did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you call Everything. He ain't got no suit. All he got is Connie. That's it. He got Connie and Tom. Oh, yeah, but here, but when we get to the third one, it's just, man, all I got is Connie. I really yeah, just got my son. By the time, yeah, by the time the third one comes, Tom dead. And, yeah. Anyway, moving yeah. in with him sitting on a park bench, like, yeah, I won, but at what cost? Yeah. And they put a credit. That was Godfather too. Uh like we said, we probably not well, I don't think we will ever do three. And now it's reasons why I don't want to do three. But the best thing about three is just <laughs> the the best thing about three is Pacino himself and, and, and the performance he put in that movie for the simple fact of now he's living with the regret of the decisions he's made in, you know, these in this movie especially. And just seeing him break down in front of that priest talking about Fredo and three was just like, damn, like he really living with this shit now. He old and he by himself. <laughs> His kids don't really fuck with him like that. It's all the best. He's, not, he's, not, he's a pasta. You know, like Andy Garcia on screen. That's another reason why we won't be doing that one. Um, no, Andy Garcia is actually good in that movie because it's kind of like he definitely seemed like he's Sonny's son. Up that too. He was as far as that goes. Yeah, he's good. But I just never been a big fan of his. But this is probably like my favorite. Is this my favorite movie he's done? Probably. I don't know. I don't watch too many Andy Garcia movies. Um, it's either Black Rain or Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I might side with Ocean's Eleven because I only seen Black Rain once, and I don't, I don't really remember it like that. So. Even that's even that's more like a Michael. Even though that's more like a Michael Douglas movie, he more he doing a sidekick role. But no, Godfather Three. It could have if you had Robert Duvall and Winona Ryder, like it should have been. It's a much better movie. Sounds like it sounds like a better movie already. <laughs> Just saying, putting those two, having those yeah. two in it. So it's basically, like if you have Tom Hagen in there playing the role he should have played, and if you had a Actress, actress playing, you know, because that's an important role. Mike, you know, Michael's daughter. Yeah. Dad. Speak over, like, you know, when no partner was just like, oh, we ain't got nobody else. You want to do it? He's like, oh. <sighs> talk about nepotism. At least, like, people talk about Shane McMahon. At least he was, like, athletic. 
<laughs> I guess you're right when you when you look at it that way. You are definitely right because yeah. if he was wrestling like if he was wrestling like Rodney and think about all them matches he was having, like it was a bad enough. Like Lee Sane was like slightly like he was like to do stuff. It wasn't as bad. Like definitely being women's champion. It's, it's funny where you know definitely like. Where's Shane get athleticism from? Because Vince ain't got it. Who knows? Linda don't, Linda don't got it. Steph don't got it. So just, he just one of those uncanny traits. I think I remember used to um, reading too. He used to train back in the day. He used to train when Brett was there. He used to like Brett used to go in the ring and show him moves and stuff like that. So maybe he just picked it up then or something like that. I, I would know. say if he went full time. He could have been a, a very credible, like not just a stunt wrestler, like a credible wrestler. He I think so. Enough. He I think so. To do it. I don't think his dad would have never let him do it, though. Nah, he wouldn't have. Ain't no. Yeah, he's better than that. But yeah, what you doing that? This my son, but it's Godfather too. Yeah, it's Godfather yeah. too. Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I know he enjoyed the first one. I hope you enjoy part two. We appreciate the support. Uh, next month is be Eddie Murphy month. Uh, we may be doing um, what movies are we doing? Oh, Beverly Hills Cop and Forty Eight Hours. Uh, so we will be back next week on the main show once we figure out what movie we're going to watch. Cop too? Huh? Beverly Hills Cop. No, nah, he said Beverly Hills Cop in 48 hours. Sorry. <laughs> I like Beverly Hills. I like Beverly Hills Cop. I, it's funny. I've seen another 48 hours way more than 48 hours. Me too. I, I usually watch the second one more than I watch the first one. Uh, so, yeah, yep. The second one came up, second one came up on cable a lot more. Like the first one was before my time. Beverly Hills Cop, I've seen it a zillion times. So it used to come on HBO all the time. So those will be the movies in you know, June. You know I've never seen? What's that? Beverly Hills Cop 3. You've never seen that? I've never seen that. Can I tell you something? Nope. Don't ever I see it. I've seen bits and pieces. I'm like, why did they use the part? Don't where, ever see it. Where's the <laughs> Never watch it. Don't even watch Yeah, I, I know you, y'all understand yeah. you've seen some scenes, but don't know I watched the complete movie because you're going to be like, why did the fuck did I waste my time? From the scenes I saw, it just like it didn't have any energy. No, it didn't. I'm like, it was my money grab. I'm like, it, it, yeah. And it's like, why? Eddie Murphy got money. <laughs> That's, That's the whole thing. It's like, I don't mind a money grab, but it's like, it's funny. He's going to do it, do it right. And like, he gonna, and it's funny where Eddie Murphy is, you know, back at it. That's all it took was like doing, being Dolomite. Yeah. I don't now think. Now he's hot again. Yeah, I, hey, one. All it takes is one. You can get hot right back on. I see a lot of these older actors that you know jump no, back on. Because the funny thing is, he was hot with Dream Girls, and then he followed with Norbit. Ooh, and then it was like, imagine you find gold bars and you use it to buy like start a wrestling group. Like, what are you doing? Uh, so. Hopefully better this time, but you know, I'm um, this Patreon thing, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you got to talk about this deal because I ain't signed. I ain't, I ain't, this is not what I signed up for. This is just thing because you want to be a man of the people. I think being a man of people has you sitting with the people. Fuck up all that, but whatever. Look, man, like, I'm sorry, I was about to say, oh, I got three dollars. Can you review every episode at good time? <laughs> I'm like, no, sir, we would not be doing that. You already know the story of good times. They were broke for 
damn near eight or nine seasons, and then they left. They left the ghetto. He did a toy. Cage of Roots. Come on, man. We 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 have some say so in what movies we do or don't. That's why I changed into you know one movie and one dollar. One dollar can't hurt you that bad, you know. So everybody's just planning. One dollar. Listen, man. I brought it down to one dollar because I felt that the people, you know, it's a struggle out there. And I don't know any everybody else's finances. I'm not trying to be in your pocket. But basically, one dollar's fine. You could jump on. And I'm not saying it won't change. But right now, cute. Right. A dollar. <laughs> relax, relax. So for the pack for the cost for the cost of a soda, <laughs> I had to do six and a half hours. No, 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 no. These were three. Those when they when um the first two people joined, those were three, and then I changed it. To one dollar now, once the stuff, you know, once the start hit, I was like, oh, I'll just make it a dollar for a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't put you out there like that. And that lap dance lasts an hour. You say that woman's like, you want another one? That's how I feel. Hey, listen, man. It's all good. Like this lap dance, and you get like a lap dance for like two dollars. <laughs> and I've been to clubs like that, and I never, I'm like, no. I would not want to. Well, I'm like, you know how pissed off that woman would be. A uh, black dancer only cost twenty. She's doing it for two. Uh, everybody uh, like, oh yeah, I got, 20, I got forty dollars. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Cause uh, I know I want to tell people a secret, and this is for Patreon only. One thing you learn on strip was like women, like dancers, they got like a total of, like six moves. It's like Bret Hart. It's like watching a Bret Hart or Ric Flair match. Because I've noticed that, like, you know, after a while, they start rotating the same stuff over and over again. It's like, they not they used to, like, you know, the most they're going to pay for is, like, two dances. So I got a whole set of moves, and then the next person will be brand, it'll be new to them. So I got to learn a whole bunch of new things. It's like, oh, get my drop kick. Get my atomic drop. My, my elbow drop. My Russian leg sweep. Time for the sharpshooter. It's like, that's cool when it's, like, two or three minutes. You pay by three or four dances, like, oh, uh, time to rewind, time to rewind, do all over again. Throw out a chop. It's like, yeah, that's why I learned. I'm not going to say you're if wrong. You're for, <laughs> if you're looking for variety, quit your dance Because otherwise, you're going to start seeing the same stuff over and over again. Uh, he's and not that wrong. Might bother you. you absolutely are not wrong, and that is right. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like how you said that. Absolutely not wrong. I guess you know how um, you want to say it because you're a family man now. I when I were when I was going to the strip clubs, I absolutely know what you're saying, and you are right because I paid for. There's a difference from that one song dance to that 30 minute dance, and it 30 minute dances are trash unless you're in some CD club and you get doing something extra. And that's your choice if you do that. Then there's no more reason for you to be back there more than one song. But hey, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is like you must really like them, or it's kind of like that's the whole thing. You only paying that if you like them, and nothing to do with because I have only seen 
one or two, they had enough. They had the work rate to make it worthwhile. They had multiple moves. But like I said, if you can find yourself a Kurt Angle, God bless you. Most of the time, you're going to find, like I said, WWE style. They got these three to five moves. And they feel like, you know, most of, and most of them that spend that type of money, they just want to talk. So if you're there, like, no, nah, I'm going to be dead. Like, oh, shit, I got it's a hell of a cell match. Like, ain't no, ain't no rest holes, bitch. <laughs> that's how they, that's how they be feel. Like, them teams, like, nah. I want to see, like, I see in the BT videos. And keep in mind, what I just said, that's not how I feel. I respect them. I would never call a woman that. But I know how my fellow men are when they do a certain. So I was making fun of them. So I want to say, he really say that about women. She's about to call them females. I want the, I want those I want those emails sent to you. Have me have me start the whole test. No, 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 never that. I think people uh they, anybody listening on Patreon understands and know knows you by now, I'm sure. Um we're gonna get up out of here. We'll be back next month. Uh like I said, it'll be Eddie Murphy movies. Um and we do have a couple of months taken up now. The year is almost signed up for all, so we will keep this Patreon thing as long as uh people keep on wanting movies. Um yeah. As long as they short movies. Yeah. Carlos, you Carlos, you were lucky. You were the first one. Cause if you was number three or four, we might have to talk about this uh three album movies. But we made it through. It was fun. Uh I don't know, you know, it was just long as hell. Godfather movies. What can you do? No shit. <laughs> Anyway, until next month. Oh, well, until actually next week. Next week, you know, main page, main show. Uh, we'll find something to watch. Uh, we'll figure it out. But anyway, we can get up out of here. Peace. Peace.